Hey everyone, welcome back to BPX After Dark, broadcast live each Thursday night at 9 p.m. in Twitter Spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. A show that breaks down everything happening in the silos of BPX where you, the community, have the opportunity to come on stage, ask questions, and share your opinions to help influence the BPX community. And now, without further delay, let's get to this week's show with the host of BPX After Dark and the largest whale in the ecosystem, B-Jams. So, Jams, today was the, the final day of the Raz. I did not see your name listed anywhere when I was checking who was going for the coin flip. So tell me, tell, tell me yeah. why that is. I mean, I had one thing that, that my eye was on a little bit, but, you know, I didn't buy in as much uh, as, as I have in some other drops. So uh, when I decided on what to go for, I think I had saved up like 60 tokens. I don't remember what round it was, but Alpha actually came up to me and he made, uh, or yeah, he, he made a pretty good offer. Um, so, you know, I, I moved them for Bantam packs. So I, uh, I took a gamble on that. Of course they didn't, uh, I, I didn't hit any golds or reds, but, um, it, I was still happy to get, get some Bantams opened up from the wild. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I have a really nasty word I would use to describe your Bantam, um, addiction, but I'll, I'll it's a, I'm going to keep it a PG audience and I'm not going to say what you are. Um, I do think that we, uh, looks like we just got a new speaker here. And so we want to introduce, um, Jeff to everyone who took the stage, Jeff, welcome to BPX after dark. Uh, welcome back. I should say, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I, uh, been getting rugged here. So hopefully it'll stick this time. <laughs> and, and what are, are you on an Apple or are you, or are you on a droid? I'm on an iPhone. Well, there you go, Carefine. It it applies to iPhones too. Um, I gotta ask you guys: Am I showing up hexed on your screen? Is it only my screen where I'm not showing up? Hexed? I see you as hexed. Oh, I see okay. a lot of people. In the, I see a yeah, lot when of, I'm looking. It doesn't. Yeah, show. I see a lot of people in the audience that I know are hexed, and they're and it doesn't show up. It's weird. Like, um, yeah, some people are in circles that I know are hexed, and if you click go to the profile, they're hexed, but they're not hexed until you click go to the profile. It's weird. Yeah, I just went back to my own profile to make sure make sure I didn't lose my head. Yeah, and for folks who don't know, um, it, it's a really good point. Thanks for talking about hexing. In the BPX ecosystem, if you register on Twitter to uh, get the blue check mark, and then you add on an NFT from a digital asset from the BPX ecosystem as your PFP that you will get hex points. And this is, depending on how you sign up, it's about $8 a month. Um, we did get a reward for season one where we were given BPX points. It was definitely worth um, the the effort and the money to get hexed with Twitter. And so as you can see from tonight, where there's going to be another additional bonus is that it pays to get hexed. And what do we want to do? We all want the ecosystem to grow. We want to, when we hop into Von Doom space, we want them to see all the hexes. I know all of us loved watching, you know, when Mooney labs does uh, uh spaces and all you see are the miners and the legends and the pirates is that it's an awesome feeling to know you're part of that community so all right it's uh jeff how 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 long do you want to give folks before you get started um i know you have a lot you want to cover but i don't want folks to miss anything uh, who might be showing up a couple <clears throat> minutes late um yes yeah, so, i mean we're, we're five minutes in i think we can probably 
probably just go ahead and get rolling because I, I definitely would like the recording to be a little bit front loaded for folks that don't that don't catch it. Um, Maybe I can just kind of give you an idea right now of what I plan to cover, and that'll give a little bit of buffer time as well. So my goal tonight, and when when Ben hit me up, um, is just to really just try to make sure that everyone has really clear understanding of exactly what we're working on for the next 90 days. Some new features that are coming. Um, I won't go as far as to call them products per se, but there's some really cool stuff uh, that would probably fall into the alpha category that we'll talk about as we get going. And I just want you to have a good idea of timing on everything from wonders, sharks, and, and really kind of everything in between. And then we can even get, I probably won't cover it in the main part, but we could even get in later and talk about little things like um, the apparel and the the, the, the beer from from um, the Bishop Brewery and the water and the rum and all those kind of things. We can even hit on those things later, but just really kind of want to just kind of level set and just take this opportunity. When, when Ben asked me, I was like, yeah, I've been, I've just been behind. I've been chasing. I haven't been able to kind of get some stuff, some communications out. And I was like, and he asked me if he could cover something specifically on here. And I was like, man, what, let's just do it. So um, here we are. And so we'll, uh, we'll cover a lot of stuff tonight. Awesome. Okay, Jeff, and the uh, floor is yours. So, I mean, as everybody knows, here we are. We're about six weeks post-BPX claim. Obviously, that was a huge milestone for us. And um, we had a fully fleshed out plan on what things would look like from the claim to national. We try to work in, we, we this is really kind of born out of engineering. We kind of go through sprints and we have your minor sprints. Oh, yeah, got Jeff, I think you might have gotten on. Yeah, my back. All right, you're back. Um, yep. So we work on those sprints, and we had so so what it looked like right after the claim, and a lot of this I had penciled in already, and then met with the team. We're running those first auctions, and things are going. And we were, if you remember, we I told everybody that we were having a week of meetings. We were going through all that stuff to try to make sure we had our sprints and everything lined up. The goals were, let's make the auction really just kick butt visually and expand the UI and UX. We knew that version one was incredibly simplified. I, I tried to message that ahead of time to, to set expectations. A big reason for that was the MetaMask mobile browser, knowing that a lot of people were going to be bidding on Met, in, in MetaMask. You can't do it in Safari or your normal uh, browser. You have to do it inside the MetaMask browser. So we really wanted to make sure that we just didn't have anything that could break there. So we tried to keep the navigations real simple um, and really focus in on the smart contracts, which were audited because they were a, a high risk vector because they're, they're holding and moving large sums of BPX. And so that's where we focused a lot of that attention going in. So we wanted to make sure that we were gonna, we had a lot of plans to improve and, and work on that UI here between the claim and, and national. We were going to ship Home Team Heroes the old way, um, meaning the old way like you, you rip infinite moments and everything would get minted. You would, if you hit a color pop, you would mint it the same way you would, you minted a circuit or any of the other stuff we've done to maintain the, the punk cards. You, you would claim those once you got on the list, had it all set up to work similar to that. Um, and then, of course, th th that would give you, you would have gas to move those tokens. You would have gas to reveal. Those are some of the original plans. And I think I've already told you just last week what we were doing to alle alleviate some of that. But that was part of the original plan. And then we were going to begin the wonders of the first storytelling. Um, we had a, a process in place we we're planning to do to random off, essentially random off, the very first token, token zero out of that contract. We That one's called the first um, 
I've asked Kisher to get on, so maybe he can talk a little bit later here. We'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper into kind of where some of that stuff stands and whatnot. But really to kind of make that an event and then begin to bring the art and the direction of that to life through a stage process where some of the other rare tokens were kind of kind of go through a randomization process to, and then then move into getting your... Um, I almost spill all the beans there, but because all that stuff is still is still there, I don't want to talk in the past tense on those things. But, um, but we were, we're planning to have already begun that stuff. So, like as we sit here today, back when we were first doing the claim, I would have thought by now, if you'd have asked me on claim day, I would have thought that the first, that very first token, we would have already done that. But we haven't, and I'll explain why. Um, we were going to then work on the uh, to get the first spec deck version. Hey, hey, Jeff, I just want to say when you said. Um, we haven't, and I'm going to explain in a second. I think everybody who's who's um, let's see, it is. I, I don't have the TV on, but those of those in the audience who are watching the Lakers, when they heard you say that, they just turned away from the TV for a second. So I think you have everybody's attention. Sorry, go ahead. Um, and then we were going to be working to get the first spec spec version of the Bantams out, moving to, along to the uh, paid release and the expansion decks, um, Shark development integration with the Raz. And then we, all, we also had some smaller checkbox items that we had to knock out, like the AI art auction, getting that out and do, doing that auction for the people that participated in that. Um, we had leaderboard development and all that sort of stuff. So those were the, that, that was the, the plan as it was six weeks ago. And then the great philosopher Mike Tyson said it best. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And so we kind of got punched in the mouth with a few things. Um, nothing too terribly major, but definitely I would call it a change change in, in, in what I thought some of the priorities needed to be. And I want to take you kind of through what those are now. Um, but first, if we think back like six weeks ago, we were pre-BPX. It was euphoric times. Every time you know, our, our community as a whole was on cloud nine, things in our community were going just absolute smashing. Um, morale was incredibly high. Every time I would get on stage or anybody from the community get on stage, the flowers were just flowing and really appreciated that. And, and I said sometimes then, I was like, Hey, you know, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. You know, there's going to be things, times when we're going to need, we're going to need grace. We're going to need, um, we're not going to always be perfect. And I tried to temper a lot of those things. And I told the team that I said, look, if you let these things go to your head, when things are good, you know, they'll when 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 the when the roses are falling, it'll also go to your head when the thorns start pricking. And I don't want to oversell it and say that we have a lot of thorns right now, but I think most people that are in our ecosystem would say that the 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 mood, the the vibe, it, it's not what it was six or eight weeks ago. And I think I have at least some ideas of why. And just acknowledging those, I think, is is kind of healthy. And then. I want to take you through how that plan I just took you through of what we were going to be doing. I want to make sure that I take you through what that plan is now after we got punched in the mouth. So let me talk about kind of how we got punched in the mouth. First, BPX down is kind of from where it originally based. I posted in um, in in Discord about that the other day. I, I didn't want to just be silent about it. I wanted to acknowledge it. Um, there's also, I would say, something that probably the community needs that they're accustomed to is there's a little more unknowns right now. And part of it is because of the shifting nature of that plan that I just talked about. You don't necessarily know all the timelines and when to expect things. That leads you to have questions. Then you feel like you're in the dark and that leads to a not good feeling. So I think we got some of that. I would, If I'm being honest, I think the RAS as a whole um, the didn't have the normal vibe that we're, we've seen in some of the RASs before. 
Um, I don't, it doesn't look like we had as much liquidity around some of the bigger tokens towards the end. We saw a lot more head to heads. And a lot of times those don't lead to the best outcomes for people because the people that lose those, they really feel some kind of way. And, and a lot of times, a lot of the coin flips end up being on the smaller cards where if you lose it, it's not the end of the world. But if you, if you took a loss today on some of these bigger cards, some of these bigger coin flips, probably not feeling too good tonight. And part of that may be because maybe there wasn't liquidity there. Maybe you wanted to exit a token that you felt was a 4,000 EV and you wanted to get, you were willing to take 3,500 and your best offer was 2,500 and you just didn't take it. And then you flip and you lose. And and that leaves a really bad feeling. So I think we had, I think we had some of that. And then also, I think at the macro right now, if we're honest, overall volumes are slow across collections, floors are down um, between the blur farming impacts, the impacts of all the shit coins and everything else. Watching people make millions off of, of a Pepe and feeling like I missed people, you know, they feel like they missed those kind of things and they, they get into them late then they get into them late and then the bottom falls out from under them and they lose money. And then that just creates that circle. And even when you look at the bellwethers, like the board apes and the, the big projects, look at, look at the lack of hype around the vessels right now for Yugo. Look at the lack of hype around the heavy metal reveal and the, the way that even the biggest, you know, 800 pound gorilla in the room is not really able to command their floors right now and not really able to command the hype cycle just really is kind of a testament to that where the space is overall kind of in the throes of that bear market. Now, I think that when you look at it and you say that, you know, yes, volumes are down and floor prices for everybody, 99% of the collections out there are really, really hurting. I actually spent some time leafing through some stuff. I haven't looked at collections in a while and I was really surprised to see where some of them were. And we're definitely from a floor standpoint, we're in the 1%. Um, we may be down a little bit, but we're, we, we, we don't we don't have a ton of volume per se, but but our community with the long term thesis, the floor prices right now are there's a lot of a lot of projects that would be envious of our position there. So you add all of those things up. I'm not saying that's a comprehensive list, but if you add all those things up, it's kind of easy to see why, you know, it's not a party in our city. Yeah. Right now. The today, tonight, as we sit here. So I want to unpack some of this stuff and then I want to take you through what I'm envisioning as far as like what with our plan and then some of those timelines that we talked about. So the first thing that I want to do is I want to speak very clearly about the utility of the token, specifically BPX. And I'll just say this clearly. I don't want the utility of selling or swapping the token into Uniswap to be the most attractive option to you. So I'm trying to think of this ecosystem in a way that makes selling the token on Uniswap the least attractive utility of the token. Yeah, that's a utility. It's a utility of an ERC-20 token. The fact that you can trade it peer-to-peer is an inherent utility of the technology. Um, and But I just, I just don't want that to be the most attractive option. And if I achieve that, I haven't created some security for the SEC or anything like that. It's just the opposite. I've created a useful utility token that people want to use. And from there, the market forces can then decide on a peer-to-peer value basis, what it wants to do with the token, I can't necessarily control that and don't want to control that. The expectation of the BPX token should be that the reward framework is one that is very attractive to you. And that really kind of stems with the auctions and the other exclusive benefits that we have. And so I've definitely never said that anyone should earn, buy, or hold BPX for price appreciation. Could that be a market por- a market force byproduct if we get all the utility framework right, sure, but that's just the market. And that has really, you know, it's just, that's just the way the market would function. So now 
where are we on that goal? The goal of the using the token being more desirable than selling the token. And are we today is is what is the the highest and best use of the token and take an honest look at that. Um, and, and if I look at that and say, is, 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 are there better uses of the token on its face than selling it? The answer is yes, there are, but it's largely driven by the taxes on the token. Meaning if you sell the token, you got an immediate tax hit. And then when you take that and compare it to the options, it begins to look attractive. But if I strip that away, and I'm honest, the utility framework isn't where I want it to be yet. And the main driver for that, the single driver today as we sit here, has been that in the auctions that we've had so far, people have, have consistently chosen to overpay for cards, meaning they've, they're, overall we're paying more for cards than what you could sell into Uniswap if you so chose and go buy that card on eBay and have some left over. Now, the taxes are going to hit you there very clearly. I don't know how people handle necessarily all their taxes when it comes to NFTs and all that. Like there's, but, but maybe there's some perception there that the use on the auction is better for some people. I don't, but for whatever reason, we're seeing kind of that overpayment. And what it does is it just causes people to look at their spreadsheet and say, man, I'd be better off not necessarily using the token for its, for its purpose because people are inherently overspending. Now, was that a punch in the mouth? Did I not see that coming? No, I saw that coming. I, I talked about it. I talked about the fact that early on, I thought there would be drunken spending. We would spend like drunken sailors at shore leave. And that's what happened. And I, I talked about that as it related to the drips because I felt that it would be better to be in the early auction because you get more drip because there'd be more overpay. It's why we wanted to kind of let people give everybody that early drip option. So we saw that coming. What I didn't see coming per se is how the curve is how how long now we're it looks like that it's going to take for it to finally normalize. And so if we if we continue the way we are with the auction the way it's functioning, we have basically the next inflation window starts in six months from the first auction when the drips start going out. And the even though that's we've actually pulled more token out of supply than what needs to go out on the drips. We we will actually we won't we, there won't be any inflation yet. However, it will put that token back in the hands of people who have basically shown that they want to they want to spend aggressively with it. And so it creates kind of that same incentive of the the idea of when I look in a spreadsheet, where's my best application of the token? Is it to use it? Is it to take it to Uniswap? And right now, we haven't set the utility framework to where that decision is crystal clear. So I think I have a plan to, to fix that. Um, and we, we need to, to make some tweaks to the auction. And so we, everybody knows that we're working to get the auction gasless. I'll talk about all that. that, that that's a, kind of a little bit of a different issue. Um, that one relates more to how the market has rebuked paying gas and that sort of thing. So I'll, I can talk about that. But let's talk about the, the auction itself and how we're going to change the feature set to fix that problem that I just talked about. The first is the auction in about 90 days, once the guys are finished with development, it, there's going to be two methods of auctioning off a card. The first option will be a high bidder auction, just like you're accustomed to now. But the difference is, is that once you, when you bid on the card and you win, 
you're also going to get with your winning the card, you're going to get something that I have the working name for it right now is called a prize pack. And as the name would imply, it's going to be a pack that you can open and get something out of. And that something can be an NFT. It could be um, it could be a lot. It could be um, an, an, a different a new NFT collection that we may come up with along the way. There could be a real card in there. Instant win mechanics. We could possibly use IMs and maybe tie in some razzing into that. There's a lot of options there for what prize packs can become. And then the more you pay, the more prize packs you will get with your card. So let's say that a card at whatever Uniswap is, if you put it in your spreadsheet, you, you have your comp, you look at Uniswap and see what the, what you could sell the token for, swap the token out for. You then apply it, uh, that math and you say, I believe this Michael Jordan card is worth 10,000 BPX. So in that process, you, you, when you bid 10,000 BPX, you're going to get a prize pack if you're the winner. Great. Once you kind of hit a level, and we'll we'll have this happening behind the scenes, but once you reach a level where we think the card has kind of leveled to its comp value, everything above that, the prize packs will start adding up. And they'll add up more aggressively the more above comp you are. So you may only get one prize pack for winning it for 10000 because that's the straight comp. If you win it for 12000 you may get three prize packs. If you win it for 15000 you may get six prize packs. If you win it for 50000 Maybe you'll get 50 prize packs. So there will be increased incentive. So if you're now looking, do, do I want to pay for this card? You get something extra for that incremental BPX that you're spending in the auction. And then a lot of that, the prize packs, a lot of it will circle back into points, set building, allowing you to earn more BPX. Again, you may have a shot at a real card in there. Um, you never know what you're going to pull out of these prize packs. There will be chases in these. We'll have some of the long shot, bigger prize type chases. We're going to make them fun. We're going to lean into what we're good at, where we can differentiate. I'm not going to out eBay, eBay. I'm not going to out Golden, Golden. Okay. They're really good. They have great machines. If you've watched the Golden Show, we're not going to unseat those guys anytime soon. But what we have that they, they don't have is that we have this token. We have the ability to have our own economy. We have the ability to have our own collectibles that stir that economy. And we can lean into that as a strength. And that way, when you're then done with the auction, you don't leave with your spreadsheet saying, well, I paid 12,000 BPX for a 10,000 BPX card. I kind of overpaid. No, I paid 12,000 BPX for a card and these prize packs. And I think that will change the game on the high bid auctions. The second functionality in the auction is one that I'm super excited about, and I think it's really in our wheelhouse. The second option is that some cards will go up for what's known as a unique, lowest unique bid auction. And the way a lowest unique bid auction works is people come in, they place their bid, and let's say that I bid one BPX, Jamps bids one BPX, Radish bids two BPX, Dobbs bids three or four BPX. We start, after the auction is over, the lowest bid was myself and Radish, or myself and Jamps. I can't remember which number, who, who I said. The two, the two bids that bid one BPX, they're the lowest, but they're not unique. The two BPX, in my example I just gave there, I think I said that was Radish's bid, that's the lowest unique bid. Nobody else bid that number. 
Radish wins the card, and he only has to pay two BPX to claim it. So that could be a $10,000 card, and Radish just won it for two BPX. So how does that work economically? You pay for every bid you place. So when you make a bid, you have to pay 200 BPX or 100 BPX or 1,000 BPX if it's a gigantic card, whatever. We, we haven't set those numbers yet. But in addition to that, at, at a going exchange rate, you're going to get prize packs. So when you place attempts at lowest unique bid auctions, you're going to get prize packs to go with those bids. You're not going to leave empty-handed, and you're going to have a shot at the card. So it adds a strategy gamified element, and it allows someone who may be a small fish to win the giant card that they can't otherwise afford because they can now game, they can play for it. And if they lose, we know from the Raz, the OG Raz, where there was nothing but the Raz tokens, and when it was over, it was over. We know that people don't like the feeling of leaving empty-handed. That's what the prize packs will do. They will still give you something. So even if you lose the unique bid, only one person will win it, you'll still walk away with your prize packs. And maybe your prize packs have a $10,000 instant win hit card in them. Maybe they have a cool lot series that's the A-team or, or, or whatever, and then you can build sets on that and earn BPX. And so I think that that is going to create a really novel and cool element to the auctions that will help position us. One, if you take a look at both of those methodologies, now the decision to you is, do you want to place unique bids for these cards, yes or no? And if you do, here's the price to place those unique bids. It's just 1,000 BPX or it's 100 BPX or whatever it is. There is no more comping that necessarily against what you can get the card for because it's now, again, it's a gamified experience. And then on the high bid side, if you're bidding over pure card value, you're going to have extra to, to show for it. The more you pay, the more you will get. And I believe both of these things will help separate our core um, utility in the token from this thing that's plaguing us right now. And it's everybody putting the cards in a spreadsheet and then just comp to Uniswap. And that's the math. And it's, it's not fun, really, for most people. It's not overly engaging. We're not as good at it as PWCC and Golden are. We, we need to be ourselves. And we're different. And we're, we're built on digital collectible adventures. Bidding in an auction is not an, really an adventure, really. It's, it's just not. Like bidding, winning, getting prize packs, unique bid, lowest unique bid, winning, losing, getting prize pack, that's an adventure. That's fun. And that's a different value proposition and one that I think we can do and we can win and be the best at. So um, those are the big major changes that are coming to the auction. I'm going to pause here just to make sure that I'm still not, that I'm not talking to just myself. I, I'm not 100% sure that I'm still haven't been rugged, but um, presuming I'm not from here, I'll move into the, uh, the timeline. Uh, am I still here guys? Can everybody hear me? <laughs> yes, Jeff, we right. can. And actually I was, I was just saying to jams, you're quite possibly the only person who can do a Twitter space monologue and you can keep everyone's attention on edge, which is that, that, that is a serious skill that you have. And just so we know, Frenchie, do you want to take any questions right now or do you want to get through everything and have people jotting them down and get to them yeah, at I the think end? What's your Just preference? so that we can make, make this recording the most efficient for people. I definitely, I okay. definitely want to get through the, the, um, the timeline and then we can probably maybe start taking some questions and then I'll go, then I can unpack, um, 
a little bit more about wonders and some other things, but at least let me get through this timeline, probably only another five, sure. five minutes, 10 minutes, and then we'll, then no, we can probably start taking some questions. Take what you need. And folks, um, I know a couple of people are on stage. When when Frenchie says he's open to questions, we'll certainly welcome them all from the audience. Go ahead, Jeff. So, um, you know, so now go back to that schedule that I gave you all earlier that we had about six weeks ago. So, you know, the, when we started looking at all of this, we, we saw, and I kind of glossed over this, we very quickly saw the market reject gas for a card auction. Like that one did punch me in the face. That was a Mike Tyson punch. Um, and I've, I've already kind of conceded that I, that the pure, the, the, the crypto purist in me that embraces decentralization, on-chain transparency, the immutability of the blockchain, I really felt like we were going to basically put this auction out there and it was going to be different that you were going to be able to see everything and have that assurance. And it was just like, it's, I love the fact that our randoms in the RAS are on-chain and somebody can go back and they can, they can they could anybody can audit them and the same thing with the auction i was i was really excited about all that i knew it came with a gas payload i just missed on how aggressively you all would rebuke that gas and so that became clear even before the meme coin like we, we knew it after i would say probably after the first auction if not it was by the second one i was getting messages from people that are that necessarily aren't like the fully red-pilled crypto people, but they know enough and they were barking about that gas and having to and get paying money for losing bids and having nothing to show for it. It was just rebuked. And I, and I just missed on that one. Like I, I let my ideology and something that I wanted to be the case to get in the way of what the real market fit was. So we knew real quick, we were like, all right, we've got to re-engineer this gas list. And then the damn meme coin thing hit and that took it to a whole nother level now instead of gas being whatever it was 40 guay and a bid was four bucks now gas is 160 guay and you're paying 20 bucks to get a bid in or whatever it's like yeah it's probably about what the math was i mean some of those nights so that's abated back down a little bit but it could obviously turn back on a on a dime and it could go back in the other direction so we knew that we had to do that and so that that became uh, we didn't have a choice like that. Like that was one where I've said we're gonna make mistakes and we're gonna, and we're gonna need grace. There you go. There's your first example of that. Since the, 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 right after the token, that was a mistake. If I had it to do over again, I would have had Jim engineer it differently. I made the call. I made the call for the crypto purism reasons. I, I made the call because I wanted to. It was it was safer from a. Um, it was it just overall maintaining the the token. There's a lot less when the blockchain controls it and we could get the contract audited versus having these offline databases. And it was just, it's not like we didn't think about it. We did, we thought about it. We just made the wrong call. And so that one hit us like a load of bricks, Mike Tyson punch. We had to change that one. So, um, so that is something that definitely moved up the dev calendar immediately that we knew we had to do. And then as I began to see that, how you all were, spending the token. Then it became clear to me that we needed to do some changes to the auction mechanic. So I sat back, went to the drawing board. Um, I didn't invent the unique bid auction. There aren't really a lot of uses of that. Went through that with legal to make sure that was okay, to make sure it was it was kosher to, to run one that way and got all those approvals. So I spent hours on the phone with lawyers to make sure that was going to be good. Um, coming up with a way to detach just pure token value from pure card value, the concept of the prize packs. So 
you know, a lot, you, if you haven't seen me maybe quite as much in Discord since the token came out, it's because I've been working on all this stuff. And when I say that I've just been busy and haven't had time to work to get the communications like I want, it's like I can't be in two places at once. And that's kind of the reason for a lot of that stuff. So we've restructured the plan from now to national. And let me show you, let me tell you what that plan is now. Um, we repower, HTH had to go, right? We could, we, we, we had your money. So that one wasn't going to move. We, we, we got to ship it. And it's coming up Thursdays, the plan, barring anything. I, I haven't heard anything from tech that tells me it's not Thursday. So coming up this Thursday, I'm super excited about that. Um, the thing that we did change on it is we were going to do it, like I said, the old way where you would rip, get all your base set. You would then be able to mint your uh, color pop pack, your redemption card. Then you would be able to go and, just like a Bantam pack, you could redeem it. That's basically gas to get it, gas to 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 redeem it. And I, and it, and again, we've been staring gas in the you know in the 160 weight range here. And I was like, let's can we bring that? We we knew where we wanted to get because we'd already made the decisions on the gasless marketplace. We knew where we were headed for. So I had the discussion with engineering, and Jimmy was actually the one that pushed on this. He's like, why don't we go ahead and do it? this way now can you if we can just take another week i think we can get it and so i was like all right good call let's do it and that's why we bought kind of like that extra week so that they could get that developed so that you can rip your color pop get it reveal it not have to have any gas payload until you want to move it into your wallet and if you don't want to move it you don't even have to you can let it sit and wait on our marketplace so i, I posted about that uh last week if you um haven't didn't catch up on that um, so we have to restructure the auction to be gasless. That's in process. Um, you'll load your BPX once into a pool. We'll, we'll then um, be facilitating the, the onboarding of, of normies that want to come in and bid if they want to use a credit card. We'll basically serve as that liaison between them and, and the liquidity pool. And then you, your, your balance, if you've consigned something, you'll still be able to have your balance go up. You can pull your, your full BPX out, do what you want to do with it. The normies that want to operate with a credit card, we're going to make it so that they can do so. Um, we're going to get moved to those two auction formats. I want to have both of those live before national, as fingers crossed is what I'm hoping for. Um, and then leaning very aggressively into that gasless auction and the new features that allows us to bring in and onboard HTH people and really have this world where new HTH buyers coming in can, can coexist and do really all of the core functionality as it relates to the auctions, as it relates to the HTH collection itself, the color pops, everybody can do all that, whether you want to be a crypto native with your wallet or whether you want to be um, strictly an email and password user. That's the big challenge that I've sat in front of in front of devs. And so that means that that is more than a full plate. That's, that is these guys working weekends, late at night, burning the oil, doing everything we can to land all of this by July. So that means that other things had to get pushed back. Um, so to the extent that there's um, negatives here, it would be that where I was planning to do the random for that first token, for wonders, have it out, begin to bring the other guilds to life. We just, we, it was either do that and sacrifice this other stuff, leave the auction to where it was, not do these things, or it was move that back. And so we've pushed that back. Right now, you can probably expect us to do the um, that first token, token zero. It's actually going to be done now instead of doing it as a random. We're actually going to use the unique bid auction format. So that's how token zero will come out of the Wonders contract, and that'll kick us off. 
Um, we will have some art review, some some art show teasing and lore teasing and all of that as we get closer. I did, we didn't want to start that a month ago and then or, or four weeks ago once we knew that we were going to kind of get pushed back. Um, so again, maybe I can bring Kisher up. We can talk a little bit more about the vision of that. I know that's a a, a, um, a, a project that everyone's interested in. If I'm also being completely honest here, probably not the best time to pull those tokens out right now. Remember what I said earlier about how everything is down, the volume is down. It's going to be harder to pull in new buyers for that right now. I think we're much better suited if I can get these, get people in from uh, credit cards that are coming in to buy uh, Home Team Heroes and then try to get some subset of them to be also interested in Wonders and facilitate a way where in our marketplace, they can be part of the liquidity structure for that where we're not only relying on OpenSea and we're not only relying on Web3 natives. So that's kind of where uh, Wonders timeline is. The Bantams, um, a pretty exciting development there. We have engaged Brian Tinsman, who if you did not hear the Geeking Out podcast with him, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. Brian is a decade-plus um, game developer for Wizards of the Coast. Uh, he headed up de the development of several uh, magic sets. Uh, he was involved in some Pokemon sets. Uh, he's got a book on game development. And so he's going to take my core game, which you, most of you have probably seen now if you watched the video where we showed the, that core spec deck gameplay. He's taking that plus my slightly more advanced version of it. And with the guide rails that I've kind of put on it of where I want the complexity of that game to land, Brian is actually going to take that off of me. And over the next 90 days, he's going to fully flesh out the entire expanded version of it. And then Kisher will work with him to then take that expanded deck format into the art, get all the expanded art tokens right. And probably what we're going to do is since we're having to eat up all of our dev time for these other initiatives, which means that the Bantam spec deck platform development where you can play it online is getting pushed back some. What we're probably going to do is we're going to then push up um, getting out more physical decks. So getting full expanded decks out in the physical format. So you can even be playing the full expanded version before the, the even the spec deck digital version gets here. Um, and because we can, I can do that with different people. The people that need to coordinate with the card printers are different than the people that need to coordinate with, um, with, with that need to build out on the tech. So, um, so that's kind of where that one stands. The sharks is another one that we get asked, asked about a lot. Um, the sharks, if you go back the, the, the way the sharks are engineered and the way we planned this. 18 months ago is still how the sharks largely will function. I've got some small tweaks to the to the concept, but overall they're still what they were then. Um, but they have to be in the Raz game, and that's where they're built to 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 work and function. And that's what it's the it's the the purpose that they would serve is within the Raz game and being a passive earner uh, throughout the razzing process. One of the things that I asked Caroline earlier today, and if you want to participate in this um, and you're a big razor, or you don't have to be a big razor, a small razor, if, you're just, if, you, if it's a project, a product that you've been really involved in and you want to participate, I've asked her to help pull together for me um, kind of a group of folks from the community to get on a Google Meet and talk about that product and where it is and how we can continue to make that a good solid product for the community. Raz is yours and 
I've said this, it's a big reason for the bonds that we have today is a lot of that trading that went on around the RAS. Now, I think a lot of that will still happen with Home Team Heroes and with Bantams and other things as we have other product rollouts. But the RAS is kind of unique in that thrill and excitement, the fast pace of it, the 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 kind of the degen outcome of it. Um, and even though it's not a profit center product for us, it's one that I've said I want to keep and I very much do. But at the same time, the data is telling me that the product should be shaped one way. And specifically what that way is, I'm not trying to be evasive. The data is telling me that the RAS is, is at its best when the cards are $500 to $1,500. That's where the most liquidity is. That's where the most activity is. Um, we see more tokens move in that range. Um, it's just that's the sweet spot for it. But what gets all the press and all the run is the big cards, right? When you get on the Twitter space, what are you talking about? You talk about the big cards. And it's the bigger items and that sort of thing. But if you remove a few people that are liquidity providers on some of those bigger cards, even if you're a, a smaller person that's not comfortable with a big snap, like I said, if the liquidity is not there, it's, it's not there. And so I want to pull some of the community members together and I just want to, I want to literally get into a, a, a Google meet and I want to hear, hear what you all think. And I want to talk about, it. and I want to talk about what the, I want to talk about what the data says and what you all say and feel about that product and make sure that we're trying to make that as good as we can. And maybe that's a product that m maybe, maybe we morph that product once prize packs around. I'm not saying that please don't run with this, but could I see it being something where all of the entries end up coming out of prize packs? I could. I'm not saying that's what we're going to do, but I could see that. I could see it where the 100 Legend series goes into the prize packs, and those that have the Legend passes, you're able to come and mint with your Legend pass, and everybody else hits them out of prize packs. And you get your razzing out of prize packs. And there is no raz sale on this day that ends this day, that it just becomes more a part of the built-in reward mechanic. Like, I, I could see that. I'm not saying that we're going to do that. I'm just saying that, that these are, like, we're, I'm open to morphing that product into what it needs to be for both the community and for, for us. Um, because it is something that we historically have lost money on. And if we want to continue to offer it as a, 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 as a, as a crypto payment option, it's going to be something that people are going to want to spend BPX on. So that means a lot of BPX comes in and we have to have those cards on the other side of that. So we either have to buy the cards of BPX, try to find people that aren't going to like the, the like, I'll just be completely honest. The liquidity pool on BPX is not big enough to hold the volume that came in from the RAS. Like, I mean, I think everybody's aware of that, but if we had taken all of the BPX that you all paid for the RAS and went to the liquidity pool today, the liquidity pool would be at zero. So that we had to hold all that token, we had to fund that RAS. So then we tried to then I tried to get creative. Um, I tried to do things like the crowd. I tried I, I put in the crowd slabs with the quick flips. Use those as infant in, as instant wins. Um, did the uh, the projections? Tried to do more of those and put a little bit more value into them. We tried to use a little bit more of our own product. I mean, we, we put the the big home team heroes hit in there. We had some miners in there. We tried to mix that up. We tried to make the value all there, but you know, dollars in the door, we only took in, I think it was 30K, maybe it's 40, 30 or 40K of like dollars. And I mean, that's the gas to move the tokens was was like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars to just move the tokens around. So 
basically everything else that went in with value, we had to fund that out of, uh, and, and it's just not sustainable. That's my point is that that's not sustainable. So something's got to give there. Like we have to figure out as a, as a community, as a company, what does the RAS product become so that everybody's happy with it? Um, and, and so that's one that we, we have some, some wood to chop in the, and could we do it the old way where it's just pay for it and it's only a cash product? We could, um, that, that is, that is an option too, that we just only take credit cards for it. Um, and that way we, we can afford the cards and, but you know, I, I, it's just, we, we need to look at that product. And so, and, and we need to look at it with a combination of data and a combination of community feedback. I want to get some voices on that. So Caroline will be reaching out to some of you. And if you, if you would like to participate, um, and just, just let us know. And I'll even do more than one of those sessions. I really want to hear what you all have to say on that. And because that, that I view as a product that is, again, it's not a product we're going to make a lot of money or any money as a company directly, not directly from. Um, but everything that helps drive value to you all that you love and enjoy drives value to us as a company. So that would be the reason why we would, as a company, that's our um, the, the symbiotic relationship that the RAS creates for us. But purely financial, it's really just for y'all because there's, we don't get the pure immediate financial benefit of the RAS really at all. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a cost center and it's a, it's a community builder, but it's not a, it's not a, it's not a revenue driver. Um, so I think that hits most of the big points where I need to be, where I can do a stopping point. Um, and that gets us about 45 minutes into this. So hopefully that recording will be good for folks. Um, so Radish, I think if we want, we can maybe, uh, kind of fork off and I can start taking a few questions and then, um, and well, be, before we get to questions, as I know you mentioned Kisher, and he did come up on stage. Okay. Did you want him to speak now, or did you want to hold off on Kisher till after? Yeah, no, we'll just uh, a few. Yeah, questions. we'll just wait till the till it till it fits in with the wonders and till it's in his wheelhouse. Then we'll switch. We'll I'll hand it over to him. Okay. Um, let's see, uh, Dirty. I think you were the first one up on stage. You had a question. Oh, I have. Like, uh, I have like 50 questions. So. <laughs> All right. You know what, Jersey? You bring up a really good point. So, folks, is when you come up, is that limit it to your top two, and we'll cycle back to you after once we get to everybody else. Go ahead, Jersey. Yeah, no doubt. And that, and that that's why I, I don't want to, you know, you know, obviously overtake things or make things too complicated. But um, so I, I – I'm trying to pick out my. Yeah, you're trying now. You're trying to think, Jersey. Fifty questions you had, and I just told you, give me your top two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, one of the questions: Legend passes. Um, are they essentially dead now? No, no, no. Hundred percent. No, we're going to finish the 100 Legend series. That's going to finish. Like, unless I'm dead, and even if I'm dead, I hope they finish it. Um, I trust they will. <laughs> if I croak. Um, no, those are not dead. We're gonna we will have those 100 legends. Um, and what I said is is that if we were to go to a mechanism with the Raz where we don't have this elite format anymore, um, maybe we put the legend all of those collision pieces. Maybe they start showing up in prize packs, but the legend holders, the pass holders, would still come and and mint and collect their their piece. So we will we will work that into the prize framework overall i just that that that's all i'm saying there but no 100 percent, no that's not that's absolutely not dead the there unless i'm dead and gone and and other people drop the ball we will finish the 100 legend series 
Right on. Right on. Um, and then just as far as the lowest unique bid um, uh, prospect, um, I've in the past, I've, I've, I was a big bidder in um, what used to be known as penny auctions, um, things like uh, Deal Dash and Haggle and, and things like that, where you paid per bid to, um, to put bids in. Yep. It, it kind of feels the same way, but so if it's a lowest unique bid auction where it's a $10,000 card, just hypothetically, um, is that then, so the only way to win the bid is to, or, or to win the card is to put in the lowest unique bid, which you paid for to make that bid. And then anyone that wants to come in higher doesn't win. I, I'm just confused on that mechanism. Yeah, no, that's exactly, it's exactly as the name implies that after everybody bids, it is, and you do, you pay on a per bid basis. It's a, it's a, it'll be a very reasonable amount per bid. And there will also be limits to how many bids you can put in um, on a particular card. So it'll help add elements of strategy. Like you'll have to decide, am I going to be the guy that bids one BPX? It will, and it'll be in whole whole BPX increments, um, and it and so you're gonna have to decide: Am I gonna be the person that puts in a one BPX bid, or am I gonna risk that at least two other people will? That's the strategy that comes into it, and so you'll have to make those decisions for yourself of where you want to put your bid strategically, and the lowest unique bid will will win the item. That is the only way for to win an item for an item that is a lowest unique bid auction. Again, there'll be other stuff on the normal high bid side you can go bid on. If that's not your jam, which my thesis is this is going to be a lot of people's jam because we've seen the popularity of the RAS and the RAS is very popular at certain price points. And I think we can learn, we can take all that data and we can apply it to where the type of cards we put in the lowest unique bid the where we set the bid pricing, we have a lot of data on the RAS that has taught us a lot in the last two years. And I think it's going to give us a, a really nice advantage on that. Um, those penny auction sites that you're talking about, what those have basically become is they're, they're, you, everybody comes into those and it's the last person that bids before the clock runs out. It has like 10 seconds every time there's a bid. The bid goes up in penny increments and you pay 75% to bid, dollar a bid, quarter a bid, whatever the bid fee is. What happens is, is that all of those now basically have bots that run around them. So if I come in and there's a MacBook there and I say, look, I'm willing to bid, I'm willing to bid a hundred times to try to win that MacBook, put it in the bot, the bot does it all for me. And really it just becomes a battle of the bots and who puts in what. And so their business model ends up wrecking everybody except for the people with the highest risk tolerance. And so that it squeezes all the margin out of that product. And so what they've had to try to do, because people don't want to leave empty-handed, people hate that, so they just abandon things and they'll leave the product. What they then do is they say, okay, you can apply all your bids and we'll sell you the item and we'll, we'll, we'll take that, the bids that you put in, we'll, we'll, we'll take them as a credit. And then they'll have a, a, a little bit higher, they'll sell it at full MSRP. So it may be a computer you could buy at Best Buy for $1,100. On the penny auction site, it might be $1,300. But... If you blow $500 in bids trying to win it, they'll give you a $500 credit against the $1,300 laptop. 
And that's how they, because there used to be a lot of those sites and then everybody realized that they were just getting wrecked and I, and they, I, and they all washed out. And then I personally helped to shut down several of those sites um, because, and not because of the bots, but because when, when you start to be collusive with the other bidders on the sites, um, you can ensure that those bids are not going to go up very high. Um, and that's just, that was just my fear here. I, I just, I don't want to see that occur here. Um, yeah, we'll have, know, we'll I, be, we'll be able to set minimum bid numbers. Like it, we'll be able to do some things to protect against that, to make sure that we're, that we're not getting wrecked. If I'm putting in a $10,000 card to make sure that it's providing the appropriate amount of BPX, um, that, that it's, def that it's pulling the, the appropriate amount of BPX out of the ecosystem. Um, because we can set it and say, you know, this one has to have a minimum of, hundred bids and it'll be just like a break. Like it has to have a certain number to fill. And once it fills it, that's it. It runs. And, and that's that. So we could, we could, I think we could, we, we'll see. I mean, it's one of those things, a lot of stuff, man, you, you don't see it until it's live, but oh, um, I know, I know. But I, I, but I think it's, a, I think it'll that, be a popular product. Oh, I absolutely just, agree. That's just one thing that if you, if you're heading down that, that path, I would like to, particularly speak with you directly, Jeff, um, be, just simply because of my background um, with dealing with the penny auctions and, and the price per bid auctions, because um, you can set it at, at whatever rate you want to set it at, and people are going to try to game that. Um, so that that's just something that I would particularly want to speak with you about um, separately. And uh, so in Jersey, sure does, it works. So Jersey does that. It sounds like there's a follow-up conversation, but aside from that here, did that kind of answer your questions? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Until you, the first two. Okay. <laughs> All right. Appreciate, pre, pre, appreciate. No, 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 no. Appreciate the questions. All right. We're going to go to Matt next. Matt, welcome on stage. Thanks guys. Uh, if you hear any wind, sorry, I'm outside right now. Um, I came on like middle of your thought, Jeff, on, you know, mentioning you had the thesis in place about everybody spending BPX like drunken sailors. I'm a little confused if that's the, if that was a problem, I'm a little confused on going to the auctions and overpaying for cards, like spending more BPX. Are we trying to keep what does that do to the the value of bpx per se like are we trying to peg a card at its actual cost or are we saying it went less and then you get the extra stuff on top like what speak a little bit to us i think on the thought process or the the theory on how that helps so the, the thought process of it now is is that if you pay if you pay if once you get to a 10 if, if you if you put in your spreadsheet that this michael jordan card we can all agree it's worth 10,000 bpx at, at what the card's worth and what uniswap says it's a 10,000 bpx card once somebody hits 10,000 bpx every bid above that is telling the market that hey you people that didn't win this card people are overspending on their bpx you would be better off just taking your bpx to uniswap but for taxes which is huge um, and we're not that far over, which is, again, I understand that's a deterrent, but that's not a deterrent that I want to predicate our entire existence on is the, the fact that people are afraid of the IRS and having to pay taxes. But if we remove that, you're better off going to the liquidity pool. And if you go to 15,000 BPX, you're 50% better off going to the, to the pool. If it goes to 
20,000 BPX, which we have. We've seen some stuff go for over double its, its, its value. Um, and with the new mechanism, once it hits 10,000 BPX, the winner will get one prize pack. If the, if the price goes to 12,000 BPX, the winner still paid 10,000 for the card and the incremental value is attributable to the fact that you're getting these other prize packs. And the market of those prize packs, people will then begin to say, look, if a prize pack is, is coming out at an average EV of $20, and when I go 1,000 or, or, or I, go, I, I go 400 BPX over the comp of the card and I got a $20 RAS of prize pack, my EV on the token is still, I, did, I didn't overpay for the card. The card was worth 10,000. The prize pack was worth $20 or 400 BPX. I paid 10,400. I got my money's worth. Same thing if it goes to, if you pay 20,000, because now you're getting, you're getting that many more prize packs. The prize packs go up linearly with how much you go above comp. And if the market pegs those prize packs at a certain EV, you're getting value when you bid over. So now let's stop and look at it for a second. You really want that Michael Jordan card, but you're like, man, it's our, if, if, in today's world, it goes to 12,000 and it's only worth 10. And you're sitting there thinking to yourself, man, I really don't, I want the card, but God, I don't want to go another bid up. I'd, I'd rather just take my pokers to Uniswap and go see if I can find one of these cards. Well, now if you're sitting there bidding against Jamps, you could say, well, I tell you what, I will go to 15,000 here because I'll get the extra EV out of the prize packs. And I think that is what will disconnect the pure EV of the card from what it is that you're paying. You're getting more for your money. If that Michael Jordan card is only worth $1,000 and you bid 10,000 BPX or you bid 15,000 BPX, you only got $1,000. Then it becomes math in a spreadsheet. But if you bid, if you get the card only at 10,000 uh, BPX, but at 15,000 BPX, you get the card plus you get 10 prize packs and they EV at 20 bucks a piece, you got $1,200 worth of value. So the value will move up linearly. The more you pay, the more what you get is worth. You're not kneecapping the value that you could get out of Uniswap. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense to me. But uh, so were you not saying that the, the overbids, like the, the items that already sold for, for higher, were you not saying that that was a problem? Like that was a bad thing? But they, they won't be selling for higher anymore if we have other EV that comes with it. All right, let, let me, let, let's forget the prize pack for a second. Let, let's just say, let's just say that if, 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 if I could magically have slabs of cards and I just said, okay, this one is at 10,000. So now I'm adding another slab to it. I'm adding this $100 slab to it. Now, would you bid more? Sure you would. And I'll add another one if you keep going until somebody blinks and says that they're done. That's all they want to spend. So I do think that the prices paid will go up. More BPX will be spent, which will pull more BPX out of circulation. But the value that people get for the BPX will also go up. Nobody will overpay anymore once the EV of the prize pack settles in. And the other thing is, is the prize packs becomes something that it's a dial that we can turn. If the prize packs need to be worth more, all I have to do is put some big cards in them to push the EV up. 
if the prize packs are running hot and we don't, we don't, we just let them, let them go the way they are. Like it, it's a, it, it gives us a lot more of a dial that we can fine tune to help add to the EV and the auctions. And also, again, it's just a lot more fun. The fact that you're going to spend and when the auction is over, it's like, it's almost like you get to, you, you win a card that you very much want. You, you put that win in your pocket. You got that win. And then in addition to that, you got some wax you can rip. So, Again, instead of buying just the Michael Jordan card, it's like buying the Mike, the Michael Jordan card and you get a box of Prism Wax with it. I, I feel like that's kind of the, the value proposition change there. Um, and then on the other side with the lowest unique bid auctions, it's a binary decision. Do you want to participate, yes or no? Here's a, here's a $10,000 card. The only way you have a shot at it is to place a bid and try to be the lowest unique bid. The price is 1,000 BPX. That's the choice, yes or no. And if you say yes and you don't have enough BPX, then you have to go get more BPX. You can't, you, 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 either that or you buy the bids with a credit card and then we'll facilitate the transfer over to the liquidity pool. But you, to participate, you have to, you have to acquire one way or the other, you have to acquire the BPX and it's a binary decision. You can't get that chance to win that card on eBay. Whereas if a card is going over its value in our auction and it's a fairly common card, you can sell your BPX and buy the card on eBay. But eBay doesn't offer lowest unique bid auctions for uh, a PSA 9 Fleer Jordan, $13,000 card. Do you want to play for it? Yes or no? It's a binary decision. Once we have a, a minimum number of bids that have to come in and if we so so we we turn it on we say this auction will run either friday at noon or um or when we get 100 people whichever comes last and then that's the, the terms that it runs under and it's just a binary decision to participate or not and you know when you do participate only one person is going to walk away with the card but everybody's going to walk away with prize packs so worst case scenario you're buying prize packs Hey, uh, Jeff, I just want to share something that was mentioned in the Discord, just so you can answer it. Is the It came from, from Cookie who said, yeah, it was hard enough to win auctions. Now it will be even harder because the whales will overpay all day and enjoy the prize packs. Yeah, so it's a, um, again, I think there's a, I don't, I don't, I think that one of the things that'll happen is, is that the whales will either run out of their BPX or it will, it's, it's, it, you, you're going to, there, if the, if the economics of all of this work, if the, if the way this is all situated works, then, um, it's, it's going to, it'll create a naturally functioning market. And what I mean by that is if the whales are constantly, buying something for more than what you want to pay for it, then you will sell your BPX and affect the price of BPX to go down. That's the deterrent that would create. And then a whale is either going to decide to buy that BPX and come back over and use it. It it's it at some point, if I can, if we can match the value right now, what's broken is that the value of a physical card is set to a number and when you put it in a spreadsheet and you compare it to what's in Uniswap, the amount that people are paying is higher than the value that they could buy that card somewhere else. And that has happened on consistently across the auction so far. And again, I thought we were talking about like a week of that. And it's still, 
it's it still really hasn't abated. And again, when I model it out and say, okay, at this it, at this pace, it's coming down. Unless something drastically changes in this curve, where do I think it ends? And how much volume has to run through the auction? And when do we get to that point? And then when does our inflation start to kick in? That's the that's that's the problem that I don't see the 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 heavier spending abating in the utility. So what I have to do is I need to increase the value proposition around it. I need to make it where what you're buying is worth what you're paying for it. And so if you come into an auction and you can't buy that card, if the price of BPX is impacted for that on the secondary market, you have the lowest unique bid auction you can choose to to play there or Uniswap remains an option for you. I'm not worried about Uniswap and people wanting to sell their token. I don't I want to make it where the utility is better, but what I don't want is I don't want to make it where the obvious financial decision for someone that only cares about the spreadsheet and they're going to ignore the IRS where it tells them to go sell the token. That's what I'm trying to remove. And the way I have to remove that is I have to make the value proposition in the auction match the value that you could get in the liquidity pool and then add entertainment value on top of that. But for the smaller player, do I think that Ben Jample is going to all of a sudden start, or Alpha or Zeric are going to all of a sudden start buying up a bunch Jampel. of smaller cards? Jampel, damn. Do I think Jampel is going to go start buying up all the smaller cards? No, I don't, I don't think that'll happen. Um, they haven't really done that yet. Uh, so I think whale is is relative. I think there's a lot of people that are um, that are if you if you, it's all on chain and you can watch it and you can see kind of how the wallets have kind of gone through their through their BPX. And oddly enough, the smallest wallets ran out the fastest because they spent the most aggressively the earliest. Um, so a lot of the small wallets they overspit. I don't know if they I don't know if they had a perception that the whales were going to just outbid them, so they went more aggressive early. I don't know, but if you go look on chain, the data's there, and a lot of the smaller wallets they piss through their BPX quick, and they and 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 now, right now they look at it and they're like, well, if I want to buy this card, should I go get more BPX to buy the card and have to overpay for it, or should I just go to eBay and buy the card? The the, the decision is to go to eBay because they've run out of BPX and they don't have the incentive to go restock it, and so they'll take it as the reward. But they're not, they don't, they're not flocking to Uniswap to restock that BPX. With this mechanism, if they want to participate in the unique bid auction, they, ha they have to go restock. If they want to participate in the, the auction and get some extra prize packs for being the high bidder on something, they have to go get more BPX. They could also bid and see where they finish up and pay with a credit card. That also becomes an option. So we're trying to create a lot of optionality. Um, I do believe that I, I don't believe the data that we've seen so far, I, it's the, it's the, I mean, it's, again, it's, it's all on chain. The, the whales are buying the big cards for the most part. Like you, you, like you don't, like those guys have as a whole, they may have cherry picked a card here to here or there that they liked for some reason, which that's completely their right. But I, the data does not support the narrative here that the whales are, are, are trampling over folks. And, and if anybody wants to go on chain and prove me wrong on that, I invite you to do it. That's definitely not the data that I'm seeing. And I, I just don't think that'll happen here either. Matt, yeah, I'm gonna... Jeff, I mean, it, there's no chance. I mean, I, I won't speak for anyone about myself, but just because I'm getting RAS packs doesn't mean I'm going to blow all my BPX. <laughs> I mean, that's... That's not going to happen. I mean, I've, you know, I've bought some big cards with BPX, but guess what? 
if I take a look in my wallet and my ledger, I have just as much BPX as the day I got allocated. So um, I, I don't <laughs> I don't see myself uh, depleting all of my uh, BPX just to get prize packs. Then. Yeah, most of the big buyers that have been bu- the, the, they're, the, we, if you look at the, a lot of the big buyers, they're buying and replenishing. And a lot of the small buyers aren't like, so a lot of the car, a lot of the stuff, um, and I'm not going to sit here and name their names. You can look it up on chain as well and see it, but there've been, there's, there are definitely people that are buying cards and restocking. Um, and even if they overpay a little bit, I guess, you know, looking at it as well, I got, I got a bunch of it for free, so I'll overpay a little bit, but a lot of that has been, you know, and a lot of it, you don't see the restocking because it's happening via liquidity pool. They're, 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 they're putting up a, they're basically they're basically letting letting you all sell into them, so they'll put liquidity under the price, and then you'll and when you sell, you're selling into them at a lower number, and we're seeing a lot of that activity. Meaning, we're not seeing those whales if they want to accumulate two hundred thousand, four hundred thousand BPX, they're not going and buying that BPX. They're putting a liquidity pool under the current price, letting you sell into it. And then they're pulling that BPX out and it's coming to the auction. So if you start sleuthing some of this stuff out on chain, it might surprise you that it, like a lot of these people that are spending heavy, they bought that BPX. If you just go to Dex tools and look, you don't see the greens because they bought it by letting you basically take their offer. It's kind of like putting an offer under a miner and somebody takes your offer. They're not buying at your ask. They're they're you're you're selling into their you're selling into their bid, if that makes sense. And I, Jeff, I, I'm going to share that we have uh, Black Mamba as, has a question that he tagged me and asked me to ask. So I will ask it in a second. We also have a tweet in here that I'm not clear on and I'm going to ask for clarification. And in that sense, I'm going to actually ask Joshua. Joshua, can you follow up? Because his comment was, I think prize packs to Raz that people sell that end up hitting would help a little. The bigger the prize, the more prize pack if possible. And I, I, um, I asked Jams, and we're a little unclear. So if you could just do a follow-on tweet and yeah, either that the, or come up on stage. One thing, sorry, too, let, me ahead, make sure, let me make sure that I'm clear too. Like when I talk about the prize packs, like like a good example, one of the first products I want to use is lots in prize packs. Like we've seen lots establish and hold. You know, again, are they are they are they bored apes? No, but are rare lots that get good points and help build sets, something that we've seen proven that they can drive value? Absolutely. So that's something that you'll start hitting in a prize pack. So if we release an A-team lot, which is one of the ones that's just on top of my head because I I saw the cards sitting in the office, um, and the BA Baracus is the the it won't, probably won't be Than, we probably won't do any more. They're Thanos rare. That was a little too hard to get. Um, but if it's the there's only 10 of those, you have a shot to hit that in your pack. And then the people that want to build sets and gra- level up those points and stuff, those things we've seen, they will they will hold value. So those are the types of things that you could get out of a prize pack that aren't necessarily a card, but they're gonna earn you then more BPX. They're something that community likes, they like building the sets off of them, they're a fun rip. Um and again, Infinite Moments is a product that is it's had it's it's been proven. It's um, it's one that you know we could if we wanted to put some of that in the prize. I think we have a lot of different ways we could go with the prize packs. The Collision Art series. You, if you could hit the gold, um, a 100 legend gold out of there, and now that we've actually got the BPX auction and we can turn those assets over faster, you know you're going to get BPX back for that quicker. Um, 
So I'm not just saying that the prize packs are going to be like just cards. Like like all they will have some cards in them for sure. That'll be part of the process. I'm gonna want, I'm gonna want to have some chases in there, and some other external NFTs and that sort of thing. We'll mix it up. Um, but I I think there's a lot of different directions we can go with those prize packs to make them something that people people find valuable and, and enjoy adding into the mix here. Okay, and uh, Matt, I want to get back to you is that before we go to Black Mamba's question, is that did you have, I know Jersey had 50 and I, I cut him off as two. Did you have a second one? No, I think I'm good on that. I, I, I had some questions on the minimum bid auction. I, I think he kind of answered them. Um, that's going to be a wait and see kind of thing for me. I got to see how that plays out. It, it seems to me like it's more of a game and you're trying to pick the lucky number that nobody else picked, right? More so than, quote-unquote, an auction, right? So I guess that's how I'll look at it. Yeah, it's a, it's a gamified experience in the way that it works, but it's not a it's not a raffle or there's no randomizer in it. Like, it is, you don't shuffle anything. There's no dice roll. Um, if you look at a game of poker, poker obviously has a lot of skill, but you still shuffle the cards. With this... And this is coming from, I mean, I, we've got very expensive sweepstakes and, and gaming lawyers. This doesn't have a randomizer component. It is a game of skill because you have to, you're, 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 you could use the word guess if you want. You have to guess what other people are going to do. But by nature, guessing is strategy. So you're making a strategic decision of where you're going to place your bid. And again, if the... Um, if if the if if you also if you place that bid and if we're talking about cards that are on the lower end, I mean you're literally talking about the type of things these will have. You'll be able to do these for like a hundred BPX. Like you'll be able to play that game very economically, and you'll be able to play for some you know decent cards there. And if you don't hit, you'll get the prize packs. And will prize packs be a complete one to one, or will it be more of a once you do X amount of BPX in bid, you get a prize pack. Um, I thought about doing it as like a star of some kind. I just want to make sure I keep it really simple. Like I got I to gotta be sure that it's just dead simple and easy to understand and that nobody confuses a, a prize pack or a prize star or something like that with, with BPX, which is at the end of the day, that's the real reward driver of our, the main components of our ecosystem. This is kind of just an extra add-on to try to help us, you know, it, it, it the thing I was talking with the guys about is like when you place the bid, you go into eBay, you place a bid, it tells you what your bid is, you move on. It's the way our auction is now too. But with this, you click and it just says it it sparks and some and it tells you bang. If this bid wins, you get you're gonna get five prize packs. And you start getting that feedback from this where we lean into our strengths, which are digital collectible adventures. I don't believe that the auction is a digital collectible adventure. And I want to make this more of an adventure, make it more entertaining, make a better value proposition so that people are not just putting everything into a spreadsheet um, and, and, and basing everything on that. Because, I mean, right now, if we just continue down this path and we don't make some changes, then, I mean, I think that it's, you know, I, 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 I'm not saying that the, pr the, price, will, the price will settle. It'll, it for sure will settle. But I don't think this it's going to go away. Every auction, everybody's going to be looking at, is it high? Is it low? Comparing the token back to that. And I feel like we have to, we have to lean into our strengths and try to create some separation there. And I think doing what we're the best at is the, is the best way to do it.
Okay, but, thank you. Sorry, but go unique, ahead, Jim. But unique, but unique bid for sure is a more gamified experience. Yes, you could you could put a hundred dollars in for a unique bid on a Michael Jordan card and not win the card, and then you take your prize pack and rip it and see what you get there. Okay, I'm sure we'll have a few other questions, but for right now, um, I'm going to get to Mamba's question, then I'll get to Alpha, and then Joshua came up on stage to clarify his question. So the the Black Mamba question was, can you ask the timeline he gave for Wonders of the First? 30 days, 90 days, I don't think he said, he only talked about token zero. So I think folks are looking for clarification on the the collection itself, not just token zero, Jeff. Yeah, so the way, so the way that we plan to do this and this is where maybe Kisher can kind of jump in and talk a little bit about what the plan of attack is here, is that we want to, token zero is kind of the, it's going to be this genesis event for the whole Wonders of the Worst universe. Everything else is going to be born from this token. Um, I don't want to spill too much, but this token is literally the art for this token is the will will become the back of the cards in the entire TCG series that will follow all of this. It will be, you will not be able to participate in Wonders of the First at any level and not know what that token is, what it symbolizes, and and I think that when you look at the provenance of that, that it is the first token off of the first proof of stake uh, contract. It's the it's kind of the sun of the of the world, the ecosystem. The, the, it's not an ecosystem. The, the 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 universe of of wonders of the first. It's kind of that centralized thing. Um, that then kicks off the storytelling that Chris is going to do, and then Chris is going to bring. Because I don't know how much you want to talk about this. I don't want to spill all your your. You want you want to you hop in and kind of talk about that. Actually, before we do that, let me hit the let me hit the timeline. The timeline was always going to then it was going to happen over a number of, of months to put all of the tokens fully into circulation. So I've said this before um, on some spaces and stuff. This is never was going to be just a, here's claim day, come get everything. We want to make this one an adventure. We want to roll. We want it to be something that runs and, and has a, a nice storytelling element to it. Chris has been putting in a lot of work on that aspect of things, but this isn't like, um, home team heroes where we're ripping on the 23rd come get it this is more of a storytelling experience um that we bring this world to life and that's and and again doing it with the i I feel like i feel like using the the fact that that token is such a big deal at least i think it is and i think i think i think that the broader once we if we do our tour and go start talking to other communities and explaining what that token is and how we're how it's kicking off this adventure i feel like other people outside of our community will be interested in that and i feel that people will come when the bid price is not going to be super expensive i do think people will come participate and try to win that token and when they do they now have they they can't do it without touching bpx they have to go to uniswap if they don't already have some they have to get it they they do that to participate and then we have other things then that begin to unfold in that story. There will be other things that um, will come out first, and then we'll have a lot of rares that will be held back for the full reveal. But, Chris, do you want to maybe just speak to kind of what the the vision and kind of how you're mapping all this stuff out without spilling, I guess, any of the stuff you don't want to spill yet? Yeah, I'll give a, a pretty high-level a high overview and maybe just give some <clears throat> lay some foundation terminology for the story and lore to come. 
Um, but it's really exciting um, what's been built. And, and like Frenchie said, we're definitely um, excited to bring a more story-driven aspect here as we um, reveal some of the art and characters moving forward. And unlike Bantams, which started with only 27 characters, uh, plus, you know, maybe whatever the expanded ends up being, you know, there's like 5,000 pieces of art um, that we get to play around with uh, here. And so it's, uh, it's a vast universe. And as Frenchie mentioned, the first um, is the cosmic life form from which all forms in the wonders of the first universe, uh, universe were created. Um, so it is, um, it is the first being. And this being, this first, uh, uses energy called the formless. And you can think of this energy as like the force from Star Wars. And this is the magic. This is the energy system that will drive um, everything I'm, in the universe. I'm sorry, Kisher. Can you use a different example? Because Jams isn't going to understand you since he's never seen a Star Wars movie. Sorry, that's, go ahead. That's just unbelievable. <laughs> that is, that's one of the most unbelievable things that I've ever heard in my life. Um, Star Wars I, and Star Trek, what, never seen them. You're going to have to watch Star Wars then because I'm not going to explain it another way. I won't, that's my line in the sand. Sorry, you jams. Um, but continuing on, from the first came all forms in the universe. Um, so all forms came from that, including what we're calling the orbitals. Now, the orbitals are going to be the different kind of realms uh, in our world. And um, there will be five uh we'll call them colored realms as in like green blue red similar to like magic right uh, they'll represent different kind of biospheres different magic um and those things and uh, we're in the process of solidifying what those are exactly and naming them so i won't reveal those just yet but after the first token i believe those will be um some of what get revealed following that and then each orbital each realm um there will also be uh, a realm walkers, similar to planeswalkers, so there'll be a, a sixth entity or form. There will also be legendary creatures on those orbitals, so there'll be chances to hit um, some really rare, powerful creatures that can do some really cool things um, as we move down the line. So if you don't hit the first, if you don't hit an orbital art piece, there's going to be plenty of chances uh, with some really cool stuff. So as far as the lore goes, I think that's probably a good place to stop, and it's a lot right there already. Hey, uh, Kisher, a couple of questions. First of all, is that you or Jeff where you hear the crickets, by the way? That's I really me. hope it's Jeff and not just from <laughs> the audience in general. As as if uh, Block Packs and Jeff didn't have a down-home country vibe to it, the fact that you actually get crickets as well. Not that there are crickets whenever you're talking, uh, Jeff, because we're all listening. Um, I do want to ask two questions, one from the audience, Kisher, and then one I had. When you said 5,000 unique art pieces, I, I'm second-guessing myself, and I just assumed, I, I didn't look on the blockchain, that this collection was 10,000 pieces like the Lost Miners. Is this collection only 5,000 pieces, or why would you say 5,000 unique art pieces? S sorry for the ignorant question. No, not at all. Um, that's the start. Um, uh, okay. Room to expand. So you know there, and, and Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are ten thousand tokens in the contract, but we're only doing five thousand art pieces for the initial. Yeah. So we're actually. So the way this one's going to work is we are going to, unlike the miners, where we kind of have our holdbacks that are fully. You can look at our wallet. You can see what they are. The way this is going to work is 
we want the supply. I wanted the initial supply of the wonders to be tighter. Um, and so when we looked at all the pairings where we were, there are at 5,000, we can more than cover kind of that two to one ratio where I've kind of tried to generally peg that if for every, you know, for two, two bantams to kind of, or, or, you know, and, and, and with all the parent, we have, we have 3,500 that are of the miners that are paired up as of today. Um, and so that leaves 1,500 tokens left to cover about 3,000 unpaired miners. So the ratios are falling right in line with where I wanted them to be. And what I don't want to do as it stands right now I don't, we're not going to do any kind of free claim. We're going to grow this from within um, the, the people that want to join us. They're going to have to come in and they're, if they want to buy one of these, they're going to have to buy it off a of secondary. Um, and we want this to be kind of a reward for our ecosystem and to establish for our ecosystem and our people this, the lore of everything that we're doing. So 5,000 is the count that we're shooting for. Then those other 5,000 are going to remain unrevealed. And when we introduce a new creature, so let's just say that we come up with a dragon that comes out in next spring's expansion packs for the game version. So the game is out, just like you're playing Bantams, the, you, you're getting game pieces now. Within those packs, you could then pull the original Wonders of the First art proof for that dragon. So that dragon didn't get created until next year. It will still have a home in the art proof collection and it can be randomly pulled from, from out of a pack. And so that gives us room to expand and add new characters, new creature types, and be able to bring them to life later um, as, we, as we go through. This collection is not a, I don't wanna spill too much on Chris's work on the art side, but what what we're doing with this this is not a randomized pfp type project it is not a it's not even like the heroes where where you get like gaveler and they the the color pops are randomized different elements of the color pops this is 5000 unique and different pieces of artwork that establish these characters so it is an incredibly heavy lift artistically um it will be, there's no collection out there that I'm familiar with that has the depth of, um, that, that this, that this collection is going to have. It's a, it's, it's a big, it's going to be a big deal for us. And Wonders of the First is going to be, you know, again, it's one of our major franchises. Um, but yeah, the, the, the total supply that we're looking for in the claim, 3,500 are paired up so far. And then we have about another 1,500 on top of that. And then the others will come to life over time as a new character comes to life. And that's, and that's the only thing that'll pull. That's the only thing that will bring a new token to life is a new character. So you won't wake up one day and there's 200 new tokens that got released. It'll only when a new character comes out, will that 5,000 remaining supply get a, get art added to it. Okay. And there's a few other questions that uh, we're that we're going to ask, but I, Alpha has been patiently waiting. I know, Kisher, there's a few more questions for you, but I just want to turn to Alpha right now. Alpha, thank you for patiently waiting and coming on stage. Hey, thanks for letting me up here. Uh, hey, Jeff. Um, good, good to talk to you. How's it going? Hey, I'm, curi Always. I'm curious on the 
um, auctions on the two auctions where you're either high bid where you're adding in um, these prize packs or in the um, lowest unique um, bid on those are we still going to be, will we be able to consign into those and how would consignments work on those two types? Yep. So we've, okay. So this is a, um, if you got a little, little bit of time, I can, the, the, let, me, let me just say this. Comps are the, are like a absolute knife in our side. <laughs> um, meaning when we try to, when we comp cards, um, you know, it's it, there's always nuance to the way that a, a card gets comped um, as a business. The it's just it's just comps are tough. But my idea for the way we would work consignments is that you want to consign an item in, you send it, you tell it, you send us what the item is, and you send us what you want for it, and we give you a binary yes or no answer. Um. And so basically that's kind of how I was thinking that we could move the comp structure forward where, because it, it will create a, a problem in the high bid auction, because if you want to comp a card in and people end up going four times value because they got the prize packs, it would not work in the in the inflation of it. It would overinflate the token to push that to look back out. We need that overpay that was for the prize packs. That needs to stay on our side of the ledger. So we kind of have to agree one way or the other to the comp ahead of time. The idea of being adversarial with people that want to send the cards in makes my skin crawl. Um, so it's I was I I don't I'm this is one where I will say that I'm open to ideas. I actually had a discussion with this with another, I won't dox who it was, um, someone else about comps. And when we were trying to buy cards from the geeks, and this was back when Jacob was with us and Jacob would make an offer. And a lot of times people just, they would, they, they would, they, they, people, they want more for their card. And we just had a lot of trouble with that. And so what I was thinking we could do, because I do want to keep the consignment option alive and let that be something that you can do. I was thinking that we would basically go to a model where you send your card in, you tell us what you think it's worth, and then we look at it. And if that number is fair and works in the framework of what we think makes sense in the business, we say yes and we take the card. Um, I'm open to other ideas, but what I don't want to do is I just don't want to create a situation where we're haggling with a community member. That's a very uncomfortable position for us. And, and straight up consignments don't have to worry about that. Golden doesn't have to worry about that. They take the card, they list it and whatever it sells for, it sells for. Um, so to answer your question, Alpha, yes, we very much want to continue consignments. We want to pay. We want the community to get fair numbers for their consignments. But we want to try to do that without creating an adversarial us against you negotiation process. And I'm the the best answer that I have for that so far is for you to tell us your number, and then we either agree or disagree, and we just say yes or no. And that's that's kind of my idea right now. But I'm I'm open to other ideas. Did that answer your question, Alpha? Yeah, it definitely did. And I'll, I'll just real quick state the reason I'm asking that question is because I'm in accumulation mode. And so um, no one has to worry about me going in and bullying them on auctions in the buy side. You won't see me bidding to buy unless it's something I really, really want. And um, 
I'm all about accumulating. So since the um, drop of BPX, I have been buying BPX. So I'll just let that be known. I'm all about accumulate accumulating it. And the lower it goes, the more I'm going to buy. Yeah, I think a lot of people haven't. I, I, that's why I mentioned it earlier. I, uh, I don't want to tip hands on people's secrets here, but like, if you go in and pay a little bit more attention in the, like the, the, what's happening on the, when you pull up Dex tools and look at buys and sells, I know that that may be a good way to look at the Pepe coin, but it isn't necessarily a good way to look at this one. The, there, a lot of the buy activity has been people selling into bids. And um, so, yeah, but yeah, I'd see But, but yes, we will be happy to take consignments. If people are fair on the pricing and, um, I, I just don't want to fight with you guys, <laughs> and I don't want to put I don't want to put the staff in a position like it, it just puts them in an odd spot, right? It's just it's it, but 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 the consignment the way it is now is when we once we flip the dynamic and we're and there's other things that we're adding to the value, I, I can't just like it 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 it's not just the card anymore. It's part the card and it's part what we bring to the table, right? So. That's why I think a preset price that you agree on and are happy with is is a better is a better way to go. We can still use drip promotions, um, you know, to the extent they work in our inflationary dynamics. So maybe it's, hey, send us your price, and if we agree, we'll take your price and we'll do a X percent drip in six months. Those are things we can continue to do. It's just that we have to kind of figure out a, a dynamic on consignments to basically agree on the price up front and and. So it hedges you that way, but that allows us to put them into the unique bid auctions. It allows us to put them into the high bid auctions. We can use the consignment cards in either place. Hopefully we can create a symbiotic relationship where people that are sending cards in are happy. And likewise, we, we're able to, to run the auctions effectively on both sides. Well, Jeff, I think I speak for the community where we're grateful because we're tired of getting into fights with James. He's probably the most... Um, obnoxious, hard to, I'm kidding. Is that, um, uh, Alpha though, is that you, you, you got your one question is that you're welcome, uh, to ask another, if you had it, if not, I'll, I'll go on to the, to Joshua, who's been patiently waiting as well. No, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Love what you're doing. Thank Thanks Alpha. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you so much, Alpha, for coming up on stage. Uh, and just like that, Joshua actually, he was reconnecting. I think we had a little bit of trouble with him right there. I did want to, Kisher, just to circle back because Patches is going to ask a thousand times if we don't get to it. He's been asking, one, will there be any pixel art? And then the other question is, in terms of the artists, is that will it be you and your team or will you be going outside and bringing in other artists, known or unknown? Yeah, I um, I actually did a little short response, but um, I'll expound on it um, from Discord. And um, the team will be a team that uh, I'm hand curating. Um, that's something that Frenchie has kind of um, tasked me with. So it'll be an international team of kick-ass artists. Um, again, like you said, some from projects you may recognize, some from not. Um, at this point, no pixel art included. I think Charles has enough on his plate with all the other projects going on so uh something i'm really focused on is expanding our creative process and capabilities so that we have um a lot of depth and experience yeah well, one I thing that's one thing that's worth mentioning too i want to make sure that people understand like the collection is not finished but the collection is not is not not unstarted either i mean there's we have a lot of the art is already in hand and we're adding 
across the board our to our art team, not just for this, but we're adding for Home Team Heroes. I just had a meeting with Chris yesterday um, about looking into bas- going all the way to basketball and, and um, our multi-sport drop we want to do at Christmas, looking at the, the demands on kind of who we have right now versus what we need. I mean, I, I told you this before, but we are – We've increased the table stakes at BPX for the things that go into your wallet. There is nothing that we're trying to place a higher standard on than the art that actually that you hold in your collectibles. It's why Home Team Heroes is what it is. It's why the Bantams are what they are. And it's why Wonders is going to be what it is. It's why the Miners are. I really think... And, and I'll, I'll pat the team on the back here. I really think we have elevated our art game to another level when it relates to the tokens going into your wallet. There's better things we can do on the branding side for our business. Um, and, and sometimes that stuff gets sacrificed <laughs> for the benefit of the tokens. And so, but it's like, if we're going to get, if we're only going to get one thing right, I want it to be the, 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 that the tokens that you own that you're, there's something you can be incredibly proud of. If we miss on that, I, I think everything else suffers. So, um, the the standard and the and the bar for the art on wonders, um, what it is and what it's going to what 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 you're going to see and how it's going to come together is a uh, is a very it's a very high bar. So, uh, and I, I I I'm sorry, uh, Scott. I, I hate to interrupt, but Jeff and Kisher. It, if there are artists that are, um, you know, like I know a, a few artists in the space that have, um, you know, some projects out there that I particularly, you know, I appreciate their art and things like that. Um, like, should we send them your way or is that already all set up? Is that already locked down? Like, I'm... Where does all that stand? I mean, send them my way, connect them. I'm always down to expand the network, expand the pool of resources. Um, so, you know, I won't, I won't say no to taking a look. Yeah, I mean, I and I have one artist in mind who just did Paris. Um, he's a graffiti artist that just did, did uh, a wall in Paris, like things like that. That that stick out in my mind, you know, that I think can be really um, beneficial to the space and, you know, potentially to what um, the collection is trying to do. Um, You know, we don't obviously, or at least I don't want it to all be in one style. Um, And I think the, the more we can expand on the styles and things like that, um, I think it's, it just helps us all. And I, I know alpha, like I, I trust his art expertise and, and the things he invests in a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I have a couple of ideas and, and artists that I can send your way. Sounds good. Looking forward to meeting him. Okay, great. Thank you, Jersey, for that. And then also we had one other question coming out of the BPX Discord, and this is for, I guess, both – well, I guess it's for you, Jeff. Is Can someone ask about the idea that was raised a while back about using real comic artists for the HTH art? 
Um, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I feel like that our, our art right now on the, on HTH is, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm just overly biased, but I mean, I think we're as good as anything that's out there. I don't disagree that some artists will come in with name cachet that can help us with the collection, but they're also going to come in with the price tag that correlates to that cachet. And I don't necessarily think the art would be any better per se. I just think that they would, uh, that their reputation and what they've already established would be able to get us more exposure. So, uh, so that would be the benefit to me of, of going that route. Um, and it's definitely not something that I would rule out, but um, you know, right now it's just, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think we got to, um, if we, if we look, it, yes, it, it could be helpful and I would be interested in it. It's just gotta be the right fit at the right time. Um, and go out, we got to negotiate those deals. And then, you know, that we got to make sure that they're willing to do it in the style that we want it versus their own style. It's just, when you start dealing with those, with somebody that's got real name cachet, if they're, if they, if they're an artist that when they sign their comics and put them on eBay, that the price goes up, um, those folks are, they're, 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 they're a, little, they're a lot harder to deal with, uh, just from the standpoint of their agencies and, and getting them signed up and stuff. So, I'd love to do some of that, yes, and take advantage of that. But that's not a that's not a today thing for us. Maybe you know, in the, but it, but it's definitely something we would we would love to do. Would I love to have the same artist doing some stuff for us that have done for Marvel and DC? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Just got to be at the right time. Great, thank you. And I'm going to come back to um, Alpha and James just for a second. I know. Well, let me ask you a question, Jeff. And then Alpha and James. I know Alpha, you left the stage. If you'd come back up. But as two of the top five whales in the ecosystem, Jeff unpacked a lot today. And we certainly know that whereas some of us, depending on what Jeff shared tonight, our actions and what we take won't have a material effect on the ecosystem. If Alpha and Jams both hear what they heard today and make decisions based on that, it absolutely can have an effect on the ecosystem. So I'm going to come back to you guys in a second just to ask you, um, what your thoughts are, but Jeff, I, I've never seen the number and you can just say pass if you don't want to share it. But obviously when you look at the power of a jams and a alpha, if you added up the top five whales in the BPX ecosystem, I'm assuming they would be some number X times the rest of the ecosystem. Would that be a fair statement? Um, yeah, I mean, you can look at, I mean, a, a good proxy for that is to look at the holdings of the token and you can see kind of what percentage of the token is weighted into the top 10 holders. And, you know, you've got, you know, Jams, Alpha, Gen, Zarek, Schmo. I mean, I, I hate always when I start rattling off these names because I inevitably leave people off. But you, you start looking at those top wallets and you can start adding up um, how much they hold. And it and it's certainly material. But but at the same time, I'm, I always try to point and, – and, and, and we have – Somebody could just say, "Oh, Jeff, you're just trying to kiss ass here." But we have great whales in that they, they, they do want to support the ecosystem and see others win. And like, they're, they're, it's I'm in other communities, and I'm I can tell you that it's that's not a pervasive. That's not the way it works everywhere else. And in in and and I and and the people that it doesn't matter how big your wallet is, how much you hold. You're you're an, an important and critical cog in the wheel here that makes this whole machine go around. And and the fact that we get testimonials from you guys, the fact that you hex, 
the fact that you, we can rally, we, we rallied over a hundred people tonight on like a very short notice to hop in here and hear this. And I feel confident that the recording will get good run. People, they care and they want to hear these things. And, um, and I want to give these things to you. I want to give you the transparency and stuff that you're, that you're used to. And I want to be honest when I see a problem and how we're addressing it and get out in front of it. And, and, and everybody's important from the smallest wallet all the way to the top. Yes. The whale sentiment is important, but I will not sit here and say that the whale sentiment is any more important than the smallest holder sentiment. Like, um, um, one small disgruntled holder can be a major fudder if they want to. Right. And, and, and so everybody's important from top to bottom. Yeah. Speaking as one of the smaller players, I, I definitely feel that way. And uh, before we turn to Alpha, and Alpha, I know you left your comments to Jeff positive, but I'd like to hear your overall view. But I do want to just point out that to Hermie Madoff, I mean, he's in the audience and he's listening and he's DMing me with wallet addresses asking me who it belongs to. So the fact that Hermie knows I'm busy right now and he's still bugging me with this stuff. Hermie, unless it has to do with what's being said on the stage, leave me alone. All right, Alpha. Is that uh, what are your general thoughts about what you've heard tonight? No, I think it all makes sense, and um, I love, I love how proactive um, Jeff and the rest of the BPX team is. They look at things, they look at the feedback they're getting from basically the marketplace, and then they um, are willing to make adjustments to their plan, which I think is really one of the hallmarks of, you know somebody that's really going to be successful and is successful is someone that's able to do that. And I keep seeing that with this team. Um, I have been um, a collector of in, inside block packs since their very first drop. And um, yeah, I'm just continue to be impressed. And so for me, I'll just keep uh, accumulating BPX, um, keep playing within the ecosystem and um uh, I'm sure keep continuing to enjoy it. I would love to say one thing because we talked about art and um, art is my jam. Um, I would love, just I'll make a suggestion to the team. I would love if on these um, projects where you have multiple artists um, involved, like I would love to see you put the artist um, name as one of the um, uh, traits in the metadata. Because I think long term from a collectability standpoint, um, that would maybe not initially, but long term, that could be a big thing on the collectability side and the value um, to help underpin some of these. Because I think people will start collecting some of these artists work just like they would if it was a current Marvel or DC artist. And um I don't see why we wouldn't do that. Um, I think it could be great, and it's, uh, it's something else that adds to the collectability of the pieces. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a really solid suggestion. Um, the the one thing that I mean, I'll uh, I'll talk to. I, I need to do a little bit of research when you have multi artists on something. Like, how do they ultimately credit credit it? Because like the typical home team hero, we have one artist that to keep the same look and feel of the baseball collection that did all of the core bodies. Then the attributes were other people. The backgrounds were a totally different set than all the typeface work and the layout and stuff. And I guess like, I, I guess graphic design at the end and putting it into cards are probably a different function than creative creation of 
art, I guess, from a credit standpoint, but like there was like a lot of illustration work done. Like one, one hero was touched by, you know, some, sometimes three people like on the, just the pure illustration side. So I guess, is it only the person that comes up with the concept gets that credit or, or do you have a thought on that off the dome? Yeah. Is it everybody or is it one? Like, it feels weird to have three artists on something when it was one person that did that. Like Matata or Gaveler were certainly the creation of one person to come up with a concept, but that one person didn't take them all the way through to fruition for everything. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Totally understand that. Um, first off, I will say on the art side, Bantams, um, I think you knocked it out of the park there. And what I've seen so far with the home team heroes, absolutely amazing. I mean, I've been blown away by um the art you guys are putting out with that so kudos on that but i would say yeah if you have like different components and so why not just make the the different components traits so if it's body um put the artist for the body and if it's um something else you put the the artist for that and so it's okay to um credit each one of them if it's a multi-touch in the in the piece and um, it just creates a, another level of um, collectability in a way to collect. And um, when you have a project, and, and I know this is like the first one, but there's going to be a whole lot of them. Maybe you have three or four people that are doing bodies and you have three or four people that are doing the other parts and the other parts. And then um, collecting, you know, different combinations of those, et cetera, would be fantastic. I mean, I think it adds a whole new element to the collectability side of it. It's a, it's a, it is a, it is a simple element of depth for sure. I'll agree. With, I definitely agree with that. Like in depth meaning another thing that people can collect, but it's easy to understand and follow. It's not complicated in any way, shape or form. So yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you there for sure. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll get with Kisher and we'll, uh, we'll definitely um, think about how we can um, implement that where it makes the most sense. All right. Well, Alpha, thank you for that. And um, just going to turn over to Jams. Jams, just you've been a little quiet tonight. Just your general thoughts about everything you've heard. Yeah. No. I'm. I was. Uh, I'm excited as ever. It was. It, I think it was good for Jeff to uh, get on here. I mean, I. I never dreamed that he was going to uh, come on and and talk about as much as he did. But it was super refreshing. Um, I think it. Um, I hope it's well received. I mean, it's. Um, music to my ears because you know as alpha said um you know the team just iterates and they've they've proven time and time again they don't just you know they don't get set in their ways that when they see something's not working they, they proactively get in front of it so you know i'm as excited as ever like alpha i'm trying to stack up that bpx but i've been more active in the auctions but then i uh, i grabbed the bpx back so but uh yeah love love everything i heard i didn't hear anything that uh that I don't love. So thanks again, Jeff. That's great. All right. Thanks. Thanks for those words, um, Jams. I do want to just go to one is the SB bears. If they're still in the audience, they came up on stage and they lost the role. So we do welcome them back. I do want to um, go to Joshua Chupik who he, his phone died. So that's why he was on stage and left. And he did clarify a little of what he was saying. And he said, and this is an interesting one, Jeff, is that he said, I think prize packs to Raz that people sell that end up hitting would help a little the big, oh wait, no, that's the, all right. He said, the, the, that message now makes more sense now that I've read his second 
um, message. He said, as my battery is dying, I will try to clarify. As a small fish and true to Jen at heart, who was onboarded through the RAS, I hate to see it struggle. As far as liquidity on the top end cards, if there was some way, if there was some way to reward people who end up selling winning tokens, would it help? So just an idea coming out of the community there. And there was some question, Jeff, uh, in the Discord where folks were saying, is there a problem? So it was interesting that there's a segment of the community who was saying, I'm not sure there's a problem. And actually, I think going back, that might have been in terms of auctions. But from your perspective, because of course you see metrics that we don't see, Jeff. So yeah. from your perspective, the RAS has to evolve and the auctions have to evolve. Is that correct? Yeah, so on the on the RAS, if I'm just completely honest, you know, there all we did was effectively along the way basically transfer from company to a fairly small subset of users um, a lot of value in cards. Like all of the winners were I don't have all the data because there's a lot of off-chain stuff that happens, but just from sleuthing out what we see in the trade rooms and kind of having an idea from folks on where different EVs are that people are offering. Um, I know the winners ultimately, especially the ones that locked up early, they, they did great. Um, and then some other people won along the way. But when you look at where things are pricing out, and again, you factor in things like the, the gas to move the tokens around, the 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 bandwidth to to run the overall RAS. Again, when I see things at the end that where they're listed, and I look at them and I see that they're not listed high, but they're not a buyer for them, or I hear people saying that they wanted to sell their token for a number, and that number is below EV, but there was no buyer there. Generally, that's always on the bigger cards. So. Again, that's what I'm saying is that I want to get, I want to combine data with less of just anecdotal because I don't, you, you could get, you, there's a, there's a thing in, um, there's a, there's a thing in, in market research is called non-response bias and it's incredibly dangerous. What happens is, is you make a bad decision based on the people that don't say anything because they, because they are all happy and you have some alarm there but you make it you make a decision based on the squeaky wheels and in doing so am i still here yes um, you, are, you make Jeff. a decision based on the squeaky wheels and all of that all of that non-response bias causes where people that were happy didn't give the feedback and the next thing you know you make a wrong decision and it can go the opposite direction too the non-response bias could be the other way people aren't happy and there's apathy and there are a few people that like it and you make, you think everything's fine. And in reality, you, you don't, nobody's like super unhappy, but you have all this apathy and apathy kills. It just doesn't, it doesn't sustain. It's not sticky. It doesn't grow because people don't talk about it to their friends. I'm rambling a bit there, but it's something that we have to look out for. And so that's why I said I've tasked Caroline with trying to, I want to talk to some people. I want to get in, literally get in some group chats, 10 people at a time. And I want to hear from boots on the ground, what are your perceptions and how are those perceptions aligning with this data that I'm seeing and try to make sure that we keep that. I, I, like I've said, I don't want the product to go away. So if anybody heard me say razzing is going away, I'm, that's not my intent, but I don't know that it may need to have some fairly significant changes in 
how it's sold. Again, if I can weave it into the total prize pack type scenario, um, it's something that I can have over a longer period of time. Like maybe maybe we earn packs for a, a month or six weeks and then there's a RAS and then some of the packs have other things in them. That may be one option. Um, or maybe we just move the RAS to a fiat-only product, um, credit card, and that's it. No, no crypto because if it's crypto, it's just... It's if people are, I don't want people to dump their BPX to get ETH to buy. And if you're buying with nothing but BPX until the token has, if the token had millions of dollars of liquidity under it today, this wouldn't be a problem, but it doesn't. So we have to operate realistically with where we're at. Um, so there, there may not be as, there, I, I'm, let me take that back. I am very confident there are problems. I don't know the severity of the problems. I don't know if they're limited to just the higher end stuff that I'm seeing in my data. Um, I don't think there's necessarily much of a problem on a thousand fifteen hundred dollar card, but I don't know how happy the community would be if the Raz didn't have the big chases in it. I mean, would some of our big heavy Raz guys still really go hard at it? Would they play if if the best card in the Raz was a fifteen hundred dollar card? The data says that's why I, that that's where the most interest is. But if you knock out the big players that want the bigger cards and they're not there and that energy's not there. Is the product more or less healthy? Those are the things that I think we need to figure out. Um, where does RAS fit in here in the new normal for us? And finding a, a good a good spot for it. And that's what I want to work with the community to figure out. Okay, thank you for that for that answer, Jeff. And also, I just want to get a temperature uh, check, Jeff. We have Jorzane coming on stage in a second to ask you a question. But uh, you've been going on now for two hours. I think we might go a little bit longer, but I also know you you talk about everything you're doing. We know you're busy. So how much more time do you have, Jeff, just so folks in the audience are aware this if this is their last chance or how much longer they have I mean, to I'm, actually I'm, ask I'm you I'm worked question. up now. I'm not going to sleep anytime soon. So <laughs> if, if, if people have questions, I'll, I'll try to answer them. I mean, let's, 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 let's say that well, we won't go past midnight at the latest. Okay. Okay. Well, and we, we also, if we could get a, a, a betting pool going up, will you get tired before we get through all of Jersey's 50 questions? Um, well, but might, right I now we'll need, go I to Jersey. I might need Jersey <laughs> to send me a deep email or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Jerzane, uh, thanks for coming up on stage. And folks, remember, this is BPX After Dark, hosted by B-Jams. And right now we're, we have Jeff French from After BPX. Dark. Who's Jeff French, who's uh, speaking right now, talking about the BPX project. And you have uh, a chance to speak with him. We welcome everybody to come up on stage. If you're in the BPX Discord, feel free to post in the general and just tag Slappy White and say, can you please ask Jeff this? And I will do it. I also, just as a disclaimer, I did ask a question for someone in the Geek channel tonight. And they had a, a funny response. And luckily, they didn't take offense at it. But going forward... I won't share geek chat in here. I had always assumed people wanted me to do it because folks just don't want to come up on stage. But if you want me to ask on stage, just tag me and specifically ask me to to ask that person on stage. With that said, Jorzane, thanks for coming up on stage and staying up this late for you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, just quick question, uh, Jeff. You had teased earlier about um, some of the Barefoot Republic, the apparel, the beer, the rum. So... I uh, just wanted to to point that back out. Another opportunity to spend some of my BPX. So what are the updates there? 
So the uh, the clothing is, I actually received word that we are actually on a boat um, with the first run of stuff, and it should be here. It's it. I want to say, I don't know if I've got Kelly in the audience, if she could maybe text me exactly what day that was that it left, but it was supposed to be here 10 days after that. Um, it was coming out from Guatemala. It's not coming from China or anything. So... It's literally we're within the we're within like the window of call it at most ten days from today we should have that first run of stuff and at that point um, her and Lauren will be working to uh, to kind of get the first promotions of that out the biggest issue that I'm going to have there is we don't have a gated store for uh, the parrots so we'll probably um, we may do something more, a little bit more manual where kind of like we do with the live auctions for those. Cause I know some of you really want to get that stuff in your hands and it's, it's summer. And, um, so we'll probably have to do some of that manually. It won't be a nice, sexy store to come by with your BPS. Cause it's just not, we don't, I don't have the people to, to, to hook, hook and rig that up with all the other stuff. I just cannot pull people off of stuff right now, but product wise on the way. Um, the beer and the, the water that we showed the cans for, that's coming from the board Bishop folks. Um, and they were basically in the run for that stuff to, to be produced. I don't know exactly where we are in that line. The rum, I mentioned this the other day, this has been a huge pain in my side. I thought we had this handled. Uh, I told folks before that the company that we were doing it with, um, when the, some things turned and into, I think, I think it was just driven general economy. They were doing some debt financing to do this, um, brewery style thing in the Virgin islands. It was going to be like a beer brewery, but it was going to be bespoke, um, uh, spirits and specifically rum. And because they were a U.S. territory that was going to greatly assist with getting the, the product, um, out into a distributor and then their whole thing that it just it completely came unraveled and we had our eggs in that basket we thought it was good to go and it just wasn't good to go um i spoke very briefly to uh david who one of my partners he did one of the podcasts with me the financial podcast for those of you that know him he was heading that up for me um and he told he he told me um I, honest to god i can't remember exactly what he said but i know that we're kind of, he, he's still working on that. Um, I will admit that that stuff has, the rum hasn't been a super high priority for me just because of everything else that we have going on. But it's just something, it's just one of those things that when I say we're going to do something, I just, even if it takes a long time, I don't want to leave it undone. Um, I think we have a really good direction on the project, but the things that we've said we, we were going to do, I want to still do them. I want to still get them to you there. It's important to, to check off and, and hold to our word. And I want to do that with all those things. Um, but I don't have more of an update specifically on the rum than I do. Jeff, um, I can give a quick update without giving any promises away. All right, go ahead. Yep. Um, we've sourced a new, uh, distributor and, um, someone who's going to help us. He, him and his team have already done a, um, nuts to bolts, um, liquor distribution and processing. So they have a, a, a distiller, they have a bottler, a packager, and um, so we're, we, we've started the process again with someone new who's done it in the Web3 space, who has the distribution. And uh, even though I have uh, a date from them, I won't give it, but um, that is in process and does have uh, a timeline. Are we talking, how many, are we, are we talking 
just tell him just just what's the date chris <laughs> uh, so the person we're working with um he uh they want to overestimate or under over what is it overestimate over deliver or underestimate over deliver anyway october 1st is what they've given us for the rum uh fully packaged and ready to go and so that's right. in the fall <clears throat> But yeah, so Kisher, what does that do for Jorzane, who at 11 o'clock at night, two hours into this, decides that talking about rum is the most important thing? I think he's thinking, what can he do right now, Kisher? He can go pour himself a glass of rum and pretend it's <laughs> rum. While listening to you, right, Kisher? 100%. I got a voice <laughs> as silky as rum. <laughs> that's great that's a great update though on the on the product thank you kisher for that jorzane does that answer your your question or did you have a follow-up no that was great thank you very much guys i know there's a ton going on and and this is uh you know not in the core <laughs> but it's still, still something i'm interested in so thank you <laughs> Uh, I love it. I, I, I just have to laugh because George Zane, the, the conversations he gets into about the BPX ecosystem are some of the most in-depth, heavy, complicated parts of the ecosystem. And it's just, I, I, I egged him on though. I wanted him to come on because I know we all are curious about that part as well. well um, I will say that I think it's, it's much more easier to say, hey, we're going to have some rum for you and then diving in <laughs> and being like, well, you realize every state in this great country of ours has a different uh, legal system surrounding alcohol and distribution. So it's an incredibly complex industry to get into and, and deliver for you guys in as high a bar as I know Frenchie wants to. So, so that's, cash, that's, that's the cash. that's the thing that's that's the thing that was a little bit of a if I'm just being completely transparent. Alec, I'm 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 not afraid to admit when I'm when I make mistakes or I'm wrong. And I knew that making the product was it was easy. And I and I thought that that I I knew that you had to go through a distributor. What I didn't realize was that there weren't more basically plug and play distribution deals that the people that were private labeling and doing that sort of thing could plug into a distributor. And of course, we're not in just our state. If we wanted to ship a rum that was only in South Carolina and you, and we went downtown and got some bar to serve it, and you, but the only place you could get it is when you visit here and go and have a drink at our local bar, that is an order of magnitude easier than what this proved to be, the fact that we want to be able to put this in a box and ship it out. So that really, and, and then also a lot of the stuff we got early on from the, um, and what pushed us to the rump, I don't want to say their name, but the, what pushed us to the, the, the place in, in St. John was um, that the, the rums just weren't great. Like we, we sampled a bunch of stuff and we posted it on social media. We showed it all to you. And I tasted that stuff. I'm like, I wouldn't drink this. This stuff sucks. And so I just didn't want to put our name on that. And so that's what pushed us to then go with this more bespoke group that we're going to do their own they could hold it, get it to a higher standard, make us a better thing. And then when that got short-circuited, then we came back over here. And then this one, they're, they they do have higher standard products. They are better. And, um, you know, but it's just, it's, it's just one of those things that's proved to be uh, in, a lot more difficult than, than I probably gave it credit for when we originally did it. But hell or high water, we're going to do it. Um, and you're going to get some and you're going to be able to put, I'm just going to put mine on the shelf probably and <laughs> look at it, <laughs> but we're, we're going to deliver it and we're, it'll be, it'll be something that we'll have, but it's, uh, it's, it's not a top priority. Um, but it's something that we, we still, anything we're going to put our name on, we want it to be good. 
But are we gonna do? Are we gonna be doing shots of barefoot pirates rum and national this year? Not this year. Maybe next year. Next year we should be able to, but not this year. We could right. force. We could. We could swap a label out. And pretend if you want to do that. <laughs> I could. And hey, whatever you gotta do. I mean, you know, it works. When, when Jeff, when you mentioned you ended your comment with the word name, and it was going to be the perfect segue because I was going to recognize Dog Racer, which actually, I, I'll be honest, I don't remember seeing him in the Discord, but him or her, but Dog Racer .eth is that that's a fascinating name, and it definitely stood out when I saw them in the audience, and they said they appreciated being in here for the spaces, but uh, appreciate having Dog Racer and everybody else who's listening for the first time to Radish Digital. We appreciate uh, Jeff and the BPX team always willing to come on here and share. For folks who don't know, this is community-driven. BJAMS is the host. Radish, Radish Digital does the production. And folks, we're, Frenchie has mentioned that he's going to have a hard cutoff in about 50 minutes. I don't see any hands that are raised. So if you have a question, feel free to come up right now. I did have a couple follow-up um, questions and just comments I wanted to share from you earlier uh, statements, Jeff, when you were talking in the first hour. And and actually, I'll, I'll turn it back to, you know, James, you're a bit of a recluse now. You you tell the, we like to equate your your NFT experience to, to college, right? You went out and you drank a lot and you made a lot of bad decisions and then you were like, well, I really need to stick to just rum. I don't need to be drinking tequila and vodka, right? Yeah, I mean, the decisions, uh, most of them honestly weren't terrible. It's just, um, yeah, it wasn't for me. So. <laughs> well, and, and, and the reason why I'm bringing this up, and, and I asked uh, Alpha back up on stage because we're, you two are both very active in this ecosystem, is that for anyone who follows Alpha in his Twitter feed, you see how active he is in other spaces as well as his Discord. And Jeff, you made the point earlier um, about if you look around besides BPX and you see where our assets compare to some of the other projects and it, it compares favorably, you know, possibly in the top 1%. And so the obvious thing that came to my mind is if you're leaving BPX, where are you going to go if you're staying in Web3? Now I can understand if folks are just going to say, listen, this NFT winter was a game changer and I'm just, I'm done with Web3. But Jams, if you're staying in Web3, it, do you still keep your ears open for other projects that are supposed to be as promising as BPX? No, I, I really don't. Um, unless unless there's an involvement uh, with BPX, like Moon Apes, um, I you know I got some of those because of the involvement. Um, but outside of that, you know, no. I mean, you know, of course, I'm sure there's still things that people make money on. Um, just you know. Not not really interested. Okay, and I see uh, Dirty has his hand up. Dirty. Yeah, so I I, I think the Web three space has gotten um, I to use my own name. I think the Web three space has gotten kind of dirty. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's gotten it, it. A lot of people are using it to just make money. And the fact of the matter is, is that there's the technology underlying it that is going to drive a lot of differences in the future. And 
that is what not only Blockpax is doing, but my main, or not my main, but my other um, thing that I'm looking at is like film three, art three, you know, creative aspects of it. And I invest in some of those projects still. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, right now we're in shit coin season, you know, and everybody's just looking to make the, the quick buck, the quick flip. And I think that's done in web three right now. <clears throat> yeah. I think the, I think the, this, this altcoin season, I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, but this, this one has really, I was, I'm surprised that this kind of came back and had another cycle after, you know, 2017 ICO stuff. And the fact of like, basically send a bunch of money into a wallet, trust me, bro. And then I'm going to push this thing to the moon. I mean, that stuff is so clearly a security. I mean, if, if those people in the United States, they, they have 100%. There, there's no gray anything. Those things are a security. Now, does that mean that they're going to, that, does that, do you care if you're just a random DJ that's hitching onto the ride and trying to buy it cheap and selling hot? No, you don't care. The, the SEC is not going to come after you as an individual, but I'm really surprised because they can find who these people are. Like if, if, if maybe they're not in the U S and if, and that makes a big difference for them, but I'm really kind of, Crazy, kind of surprised at, at some of this stuff that we've seen in this most recent cycle going the way that it has um, and how aggressively uh, people went after it. Um, and I agree. I think too that not only the way that people have gone after it aggressively, but just the fact that it's been so widespread and so... Um, like the, it, it, it's it's going to cause some sort of regulation in the space. Yeah, I saw and, some people. I saw some people talking today, and like one of the things that they don't like that a lot of people just don't even grasp. Like I saw somebody trying to justify a shitcoin by saying, "Well, if this is a if this is a problem, then all these NFT projects are a problem." And and one of the things they fundamentally don't understand is that the Howey test, that which decides the security in the United States, it has three prongs. You make an investment of money into a shared or pooled enterprise, and the, 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 you're, you have an expectation of profit based on the entrepreneurial efforts of others. And that last prong is the one that we, through our lawyers and everything that we're doing, we have an expectation of the rewards and the utility, and then the, any action on the coin is a market force situation. You clearly are investing your money. You're investing in consideration. Even texting on Twitter, hexing on Twitter, that's consideration. The, the courts uphold that you doing a survey. If I told you to do this survey, I'm going to give you some BPX. You gave me consideration. That's no different than you giving me money in the eyes of the court. So that box is checked, whether we free airdrop it, none of that matters. Um, is the enterprise pooled and shared? On BPX, it clearly is. And then we have that third prong that I just talked about. But now on an NFT project, your lost miners, we as a company, we can absolutely 100% work to try to increase the value of lost miners. That's not a problem. And we do every day. Every day, I'm thinking about what can we do to make the lost miners worth more money? 
We've signed papers for somebody to do a coffee table book for the Lost Miners. Caroline works on it every single day. I don't know what, what the timeline on it's going to be. I can't wait to get mine and put it on my coffee table. And I can't wait to get them to you guys. Great, and, Jeff. You, you know you're going to be on here next week because people are going to be demanding the roadmap for the coffee table book. <laughs> but, I mean, you talk to Caroline about that one. But the um, – but that's going to be a fun thing that we're looking to do, and I want to be able to take that to shows. And certainly we're looking to drive the value of the Lost Miners the same way that Magic the Gathering wants their cards, their legendary creatures from two years ago to be worth more so that people want the new products. It's a proof point for us. We want the value of your miners to go up. But they're not a shared enterprise. Legend owns the Soul Miner. I don't own it. If he sells it for a million dollars, I don't get anything. The, the, the collection as a whole is no more a pooled enterprise than 1986 Fleer is. Every card within that is non-fungible. I own my Michael Jordan. You own yours. Mine has different corners. Yours has a different surface. Yours is more centered. Mine's not. You sell yours as a PSA 10, you get $150,000. I sell mine as a PSA 5, I get $5,000. They're not fungible. It's not a shared enterprise. And that's why we can push into the miners. So these people that are trying to equate this, this idea that, oh, because of the way these NFT projects work, it's, it's a total false equivalency. They're very different. Are there some that have been completely turned into shitcoins, NFTs? They're just, the, the picture is literally just a vessel for the, for the t speculation. Yeah, there's a few. But for the most part, when you see non-fungibility in an NFT collection, it's not a shared enterprise anymore. My lost miner's mine, yours is yours. Yes, they're in one collection, but I own my asset and you own yours. They're distinctively different. And in and of itself, that fails a prong of Howie. But all these shit coins, they don't. And if and if I was one of these people dropping these things and telling people they were going to get rich because I'm going to I'm going to push this to the moon and I'm going to get this influencer to talk about it and I'm going to get Andrew Tate to do something and I'm going to get people to, to do a, a piece on it. Look, if that guy's in America, for those of you that follow, you probably know who I'm talking about. He created a security 100%. And that's between him and the government, <laughs> whether they ever come after him for it. But um, then going I'm, I'm, to jail. I'm just, I'm just surprised at some of this stuff. Like, and that's not the only one. There's been others too. So it's surprising. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that's a really key point that you're making. And I, I, I think that it's, it's lost on a lot of people that are in the space that don't fully understand. Um, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people in the space, they come in and, and we want people to come in that are, you know, as you say, normies. You know, that are, we, we want to open the space to people that don't understand or don't fully, um, you know, understand all of the cryptocurrency pieces of it. But a lot of what's going on right now is really testing the limits of where cryptocurrency can go and what people are doing with it is really i i think undercutting the the entire community and eventually that's going to get swiped out from under them by the doj and and things like that um well and and speaking of the doj i brought real biz real biz and al zarek up on stage and we're going to do a mclaughlin group quick real biz government intervention or none in q2 this year 
No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> but I did I did Jersey bring them up on stage, and I did want to get to uh, Loco Four, who's known in Twitter as Antercell. Jeff, he wants to know. Uh, he wants to hear more about lithium. Will there be a Wonders <laughs> of the First or Bantam that is lithium related? Lithium. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, no, that's we that that is that is a meme that we <laughs> that that may need to make a, a very subdued appearance somewhere in the Wonders of the First. <laughs> like that, that is that's so memeable. It really is. Jams, help me track him down. And the best would be is if we could actually get that person in this space and have him reproduce that. Um, but I did want to introduce RailBiz and Zarek, which is we haven't, we, we talked a lot about the RAS, but we didn't talk about the RAS that actually ended today, where we had a whole bunch of winners. And the two of them are in here. And I'm really curious to hear if they're going to consign. What did we talk about today? We talked about the RAS. We talked about auctions. And guess what you can do with the RAS that ended today? You can consign your winning RAS token to the auction. So let's turn to Real Biz first. Thank you for coming up on stage. First time, first time in uh, RD space, isn't it? Yes, first time. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I've been here a long, long time. After the, I was in the first drop, uh, not alpha, but the very first one, and been pretty much in every one since. So, um, big believer in the community, and uh, and uh, really, really excited to have me on. Awesome, Real Biz. And by the way, where do you come up with your um, with your Twitter Discord name, Real Biz? I just my real name's Rizio, and Biz is what I do, so I combined them into Real Biz. Cool. All right. Why? Weird. Well, I, weird. No, no, it's not weird. It's just nice to hear. Uh, since I'm a big Marvel fan, I love origin stories. All right, so, so real biz. T tell us about what you won in the RAS today, and then I also want to hear what your record was going into. You had it locked up, but what's your record in coin flips at the end? Ah, uh, well, the answer to the first question is I won the Clemente, 1955 rookie, which I'm very excited about. Um, so I was very happy to have that card, and my record going in. I came out of the box hot, like the first, I think out of the first eight razes, I won seven of the eight or some ridiculous thing, but I have not won in a year. So it's been a whole year. So I was really excited to, to get back in the, in the winner's circle here. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, uh, I don't plan, I, I don't plan to consign it for now. I'm going to hold on to the card to answer your first question. Um, but I basically, uh, you know, wanted to, win the Clemente because I'm a big baseball card fan. I love the older cards. But uh, And what was the second part of your question? Slappy, I didn't catch that. Uh, your total um, oh. win win ratio for the final flip. Uh, actually, I do absolutely horrible in flips. I've been in three flips, and I've lost all three flips. So <laughs> in the future, if you ever get in a flip with me, um, I, I, I'm, I take a different strategy. And, and anyone that knows me and everybody in 2048 – knows I try to lock it up before the flip. Sure. I have just a horrible flip record. So like this one I locked up at at, at two of the tokens left. I, I, I do my best to lock it up and not leave it to chance. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I think real bit is the fact that you're, you're 0 for 3 
is that maybe Jeff needs to open an internal investigation because everybody we talked today was one for six, one for seven, and apparently nobody wins except for Johnny <laughs> Clutch. But he's only had like six, so I think these might all be getting burned. And so some of these assets are just getting recycled into future Raz auctions, and they actually don't go to. I'm I'm kidding. If anybody's listening to this for the first time, that is a joke. We just are teasing Real Biz and the other folks who have bad success. The Radish Cabal today, we had a 33 percent success rate. That's um, great. no, and, I, and, and, <laughs> and you know I've traded with everybody in this probably room has traded with me at one part or another, and the bottom line is. There's a certain strategy to this. I try to stick to it. I try to amass, you know, I, I don't go after more than one or two cards at a time because you can't. I try to amass tokens and I try to pick cards that are not the most popular cards because I don't have the bank to be able to go after the $10,000, $20,000 Jordan. Because when it comes down to the end, I'm not going to pay $1,000 to buy a token. So I have to pick and choose my cards. So, the, but the bottom line is, we end up uh, – I don't want to get it to a flip. I, I, I do everything humanly possible to sure. not get it to a flip. But if you could lock it up earlier, it, it takes a lot of finagling. It takes a lot of dealing. And, I, and Zerk, he's on here. I've dealt with him many times at the end and B-Dobbs and all those guys. And I'm trying to trying to lock these things up. But most people are reasonable. And once you get to a certain point – plus I like to get way ahead in tokens so it discourages anybody from trying to catch you. Now, do you ever – it's fun because the Radish Cabal used to stack. But sometimes their thinking is people see what you're doing and they use it to leverage you because they know you want to continue to accumulate it. Do you ever worry about that? No, I haven't, I haven't had that experience, I can honestly say. Um, like, for example, TTS-19 was going after Clemente this time, and, and I just raced to the top and tried to get you know get a, a two to three type, times advantage and hopefully discourage anybody from coming after the card. Because if otherwise, if you if two people both have 500 tokens, now you're going to end up with a flip. Because just the numbers will get to the point where you're going to get down to where you each have one left. And then at that point, what's the point, right? I, I did have a question for Jeff because I asked you real biz if you were going to consign it to the auction. Jeff, is the uh, Raz winnings being able to be consigned to a Raz auction going to be a permanent feature or was this just a one-time thing uh it's just something i wanted to just test to see how much interest there would be and i was we we've i think we're up to like i want to say that we're around 20-ish items no 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 no, it wasn't 20 items it was i think it was more like right it was like 14 or 15 items earlier um but so I was a little bit, I didn't know if anybody would do it or not do it. Like I just, I did, I really didn't know what to expect. So that's why we wanted to make sure we had some cards seated, the instant quick flip crab slabs. I also thought that in the past, people generally, crab slabs were something, they were kind of like this sleeping, sleeping thing for a long time. I think people have woken up now because they've started to, you know, literally get this BPX show up in their wallet from all the crab slabs and they started working their way through the auction. So I felt that it would be received better if they, if you knew, okay, I, I hit a crowd slab and there's only a hundred of them and it's a nice card and it's going to sell literally a week later. So I thought the concept there was kind of cool. And I said, let's, let's go ahead and let anybody that wants to go into that one auction. I was, it was like, you know, if somebody did say to me, well, what if everybody wants to design the auction will be too big? I'm like, that's not going to happen. Like, there's no way that's going to happen or even half, right? So it's just, I really didn't know what to expect. So 
to answer your question directly, I don't know. I, I don't know if we'll keep doing it or not. Let's let's get through this one and see what everybody thinks of it, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Well, it's I I saw folks discussing while you were talking in here. Folks were talking about your comments, and folks uh, so they came from a smaller fish perspective, which is what I come from as well. And what I love about it is that I know there's somebody in the audience. He and I were talking. We both won a card, uh, not me individually, but as part of the radish cabal. And I was he 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 needs real world expenses. And so I said to him, I said, well, are you going to are you going to actually um, play in the RAS games in the future? Are you going to pull out of the BPX ecosystem? Because if you send it to auction, the, right now they're giving us the 20% buyer's premium. So at this point, that really helps, right? That extra 20% is huge. So if you can get that money back, right, what's the downside? If he actually wanted to sell his 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 card, he would have BPX send it to him. He'd put it up on eBay. And if you're not somebody who's selling all the time and you don't have a store and you don't have a great rating, you're not going to get the eyeballs. You also might not know which day to put it up so that it ends on which day because there are preferred dates. Then you also have the tax implications by doing something like this. So there's a, a there's a whole host of reasons why it makes it less less favorable and so what i love about the raz is that when you win something and especially when it comes to i do i did it with this time with george zane and four others what i love about the auction it allows us to auction off our asset and it's more evenly split because right the one thing and this is more germane just to people who group together but we it's hard for us to hold an asset some people want to hold it for a year as rip king said earlier you know in the bpx after dark oh snap at lunch today you know, a Jordan card, he's probably going to keep it. He said, I don't see that really going down over time. So some folks believe, hey, I just want to hold on to it. Some people want to liquidate. So I love the fact that you gave us this option. I love that you experiment, Jeff. And I love that you don't lock into it because so many, so many projects, they, they, they put time and sweat into it, an idea, and they are intractable because they are so committed to it based on the work they put in, which is we know you all work hard. But we also know you're willing to move to a new position if it's better for the community and for the BPX team. Um, and and sla Slappy, real quick, you know, I, I still uh, I've won eight vault tokens. I still have six of them. I put two up for auction, the Tatis and another one. And it, it broke my heart to do that because to me. And Jeff, you'll appreciate this. Um, I've you know met you a long time ago, and no, I, remember, like I remember you very well. Yeah, don't know. Those are those are like. Those are like trophies. Those are like, they're like, they're like trophies on the wall. You know what I mean? I don't want to get rid of my vault tokens, man. They're safe with you. I trust you. They're in your vault. You know, they're there. It it cr it it crushed me to sell the two that I sold, and I just did it to kind of try to be part of the auctions. And I picked the two cards I like the le the least. But the point is, um, to me, those are those are like uh, those are like, you know, if you're a hunter. I know that's frowned on now, but you know, putting them on your wall. Have I put them on my featured page on my OpenSea? I have my vault tokens. They're special. I mean, they're hard to get. They're hard to earn. I know there's real card behind them, but that's what makes this fun, and that's what makes the Raz is fun. And and I already sent a note to Carify, and I like to be part of that uh, group thing for the uh, Raz. But you know, because I've been in them from the beginning, and I love them, and and they're a blast. And so. Uh, it, that's why I'm not consigning the one I have. But the point of the whole this whole diatribe was that they're special. It's hard to get a vault token, and they should be valued. I love it. 
Yeah, I love it. I love, and, and again, I, I and obviously the Raz is it definitely it's a you know unlike I mean that that one is an invention of ours. Like we created that from the ground up. I don't. I I just want to find the right fit for it. I I I know that people like it. I know it's got a good market fit. It, the, one of the things too that I want everybody because you may be wondering about this part because I keep talking about how we're going to try to simplify things and you may have noticed that I didn't talk about our um, new onboarding and having those people participate in the RAS with a credit card and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm working on some ideas where we could smooth things for them, but the RAS is unique in that it, it is only made possible by crypto. If, if the RAS was done in a database that we ran and we facilitated all of the payments that would be illegal gambling. Like we couldn't do it. it. The reason it's not is because when, again, when it's it's about autonomy of your own asset. When we make the sweepstakes entry into a an NFT, it's an asset you own the same way it would be if you screwed a bottle cap off of your Coca Cola. It's yours if that's got a sweepstakes entry under it. You can do whatever you want with it within the rules of their sweepstakes, and that's what you're able to do with a RAS token. I can't make the RAS operate out of a database and use fiat currency because I would create a casino. So that's another challenge that we have where I have, we're going to be, we're going to work fanatically to bridge that gap on home team heroes and future, the Bantams, future wonder, all of our products to where web two users, email and password with a credit card can seamlessly interact with Web3 users, and then we facilitate the onboarding of the fiat and interacting with the liquidity pool. I, I can see all that clear as day, but with the RAS specifically, I can't. I can't do those things. So that that's going to keep that barrier up in front of it. That they're going to have to they're going to have to get a crypto wallet when we we bring them over. Um, they're going to have to get one. They're going to have to get Matic. They're going to have to get. They're going to have to learn how to get Purple ETH. They're going to have to do all those things that you all had to learn how to do. But if we can get 10,000 people holding Home Team Heroes and only 5% of them come and play Raz, that's 500 new people. That changes the game for, for the Raz, like hugely, right? So um, it kind of becomes a numbers game. And I think the best way that Home Team Heroes and other things can benefit the Raz is literally just that pure numbers play. Let's just get as many people on Home Team Heroes as we can. And then any percentage of them we can get to take to swim through that glass and come all the way over to Polygon and start doing the RAS will help that product. But that's the reason you may have not heard me say that we're going to re revolutionize and make the RAS so much easier. It's it's literally because the law won't let me. Well, and I appreciate you touching on the subject of kind of hitting home team heroes, additional people. It's been said in Discord tonight and BPX, as well as other days, that folks see the panacea as more people, which certainly you know as the business owner, more people is what you want. 100%. So it's easy it's it's easy to say that's what everybody wants, but what you're talking about is actual strategy to bring them in. And I know Jorzane, the only thing he took from that is he heard you mention casino to go with the rum. And so you're probably going to go out into international waters off South Carolina as far as you need to go to set up that casino, and Jorzane will be your first customer. Um, <laughs> so I BP Fergu, I haven't forgot about you. I'll get to you in a second. But first, I want to bring Zarek up on stage. And, and Zarek, before 
we get into your Raz wins is that you and I had spoken ahead of the show before Jeff was coming on. You had a number of questions. And did did he answer all the questions or are there any that are still outstanding for you? Um, I think everything was covered as far as, I mean, touched on at least. I know there's some of the, um, you know, like the subject of Raz and where it goes. And I know it sounds like we'll be potentially having conversations about that in the future. So, um, well, we'll save that for another time. Yeah, those okay. those conversations, Al, are going to be like, like I asked Caroline to start trying to schedule those Google Meets and stuff uh, as as next week. So we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be talking to to uh, those of you that want to be heard. We'll talk about it. Let us know and let us. I, I the more I the more information I can gather where I'm not just operating off of anecdotes and risking having a bunch. Like I said, that non-response bias, the better. So we're gonna start on that like ASAP. Great. And Zarek, so so no, nothing further from your list of things that you want to bring up tonight. Uh, yeah, not right now. Okay, all right. Well, then let's let's touch on uh, your 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 Raz um, competition today, which is I haven't had time to go through and look at the thirty four that were that went down to a coin flip that weren't locked up. And I know you were in, I think six. Did you have six coin flips or maybe you had six total lockdown and coin flips together? Um, I, so I was in six. One of them was locked up already. So I had five that went to coin flips. Okay. And so, I lost three of the five. Okay. In terms of the money, if you were to rank those five from the most valuable to the least valuable, which two were those? Was it number one and two most valuable? Was it, you know, four and uh, five? Or? It was one and four. Four, I believe. Oh, so now I ask people this all the time with what you're expecting. And who was it today who was telling me? I think it was yeah, Hot Picks. He goes, no, I was expecting to win them both. Yeah, I expected to win both my coin flips. And so, I mean, he, he won. He took Mookie Betts from the Cabal, and it's a great card. And But apparently that wasn't good enough for him. But so for you going into this, and what's your track record? I mean, you have come. You're such a big player. Do you keep track of it? Do you know what your winning percentage is um, on the final flip? I'm, I, I've, I would have to go back and look because uh, I'll tell you in general, it's usually pretty bad because I just <laughs> get upset at looking at my spreadsheet and I just delete it because I'm like, I don't want to come back and look at this because, but I do, I did keep the one from the previous one where I was, I, I can't remember if I, I think I was down to like seven of them or something like that. And I won one. <laughs> so I lost like five or six out of, you know, the six or seven that I was in. Um, wow. So uh, add this together. And then like, I, I was, you know, there's people I was talking to, you know, cause there were, there were a couple people like, you know, who I was, I thought about, you know, I, I approached to like, try to lock it up, you know, you know, lock them up. But I told, I told them like, you know, if I can hit 50%, I'll be happy. And I have yet to hit 50%. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know who's winning all these because I'm like 0 for 3. You're 1 for 7. Well, who's well winning I went up against Johnny Clutch on one of them. So please um, emerge. In, in the past, I went up against Stefan, and that, that, that bastard always wins <laughs> everything. So, you know, I, I, I'm pro maybe I'm just going up against the wrong people. <laughs> and, and, and actually, Black Mamba did tag me, so I'll share it here. Is that he said he's eight and one. So we found the person who's winning every time. Okay. There he is. Good for you, Black Mom. I'm happy <laughs> for you. Um, so Zarek though, going into it and what you were expectations. So you walk out of the day 
and you're you win the first and the fourth. So, are you happy with the results? Is that what you when you started out in this Raz games? Could when you were envisioning what success looked like for you, would that be success? Well, going into this, uh, success would only have been if I locked down the Otani or walked away with Otani, which I did. But that's because I, you know, I chased it really hard. Uh, I posted, you know, to, to Twitter like before the first snap, I managed to get to fifty percent, which I don't think I've ever done before. So I mean, I, I think I made it clear that I was going hard for it. So yes, you that, did. That was my. If I didn't walk away with that, I wouldn't consider it a success. Now, after locking that down, that kind of changed my mindset of, you know, what I had left. I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. If I win, I win. If I don't, yeah, whatever. You know, so, um, but at least walking away with two of them, I, I, I'm happy with that. Well, and and for folks who didn't know is that out of the, there were 40, I think there were 45 cards that were potentially going to go to a flip and 12 of them I think were locked down when I last checked before the final flip at noon. So there really were only about 25. So Zarek, the fact that you were one of, you were basically in one out of every five flips. I mean, that was, that, I mean, that's kind of crazy that you were extremely active across it. So what we saw this last Raz games, we saw a number of people going lighter on the Raz games. And if you looked at the total tokens by common, which Jeff was on an earlier show and I talked about how you can take a look at that to see the trajectory of the Raz games is that it was down a little bit, which was expected, especially with everything going on, folks buying home team hero cases. But for you, Zarek, did you, um, was this a smaller allotment into the Raz games or did you go at the same way that you normally do? I went at, at it the same way, but uh, I would say the only reason I bought in at the level I had before, uh, especially after you know dropping a bunch on you know HTH as well, was because of the shatter packs. Um, if I wasn't able to get my hands on those, I, I mean I can't say I would have sat out completely, but I would have bought in at a lesser level. That's right. The and actually, you want to know what will bring that up. I'm glad you brought that up. So, Jeff, a touchy subject that I want uh, folks have. I I can't remember. I think you were on a spaces, and nobody in the audience would come up and ask about it. And people privately said to me, "Why didn't anybody ask about it? Because nobody wants to be the one to ask you." I you know me personally is that we know what happened with the 39 um, Raz uh, cases that were or the boxes that got the shatter packs with them and the, the bonus. And folks, some folks were unhappy because they said, you know, some folks came in and, and one user won eight of them and that they were, it sold out in seconds. And nimwits like BJAMS and I didn't actually hit the approval signature in MetaMask twice. So that was our own fault. Um, but there was some talk that folks said, hey, maybe we should limit it to one. Uh, is there a different way? I personally, having been in the Web3 space and know how hard things are, I was okay with it. I mean, life's not fair. I, I Clearly, you have a great ecosystem. There was over 120 people at one point in the space today. And there's no value unless there's scarcity. So 
is there any thought, Jeff, to going forward, if you do something again with the Shatter Packs, will you do it again where you say, okay, it's going to only be 39, and one person can come in and smoke and buy all 39 if he wants, if he's first? Yeah, so I, I guess I didn't, I didn't know that there was a lot of uh, chatter around that. I, I actually, I guess I just didn't, didn't pick up on that. You know, it's, I, 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 I'm trying to, re, I'm trying to recall when we launched that. There was something. No, that was the. There was. There was the. Um, the. God, the break that we did with the uh, bantams, like that one. I just kind of dropped it, and it sold out really quick, way quicker than I thought. I thought it was going to take like all weekend, and, and maybe I'd have to right. keep pushing, on, and it was gone like that. Um, and so I was like, that was before oh, we did the oh, IM oh. sale. Oh, I noticed, Jeff, because I noticed in your announcement about the banner break, and I pointed it out to people, you didn't put when you were going to do it. There was some kind of language, and I said, he doesn't know how quickly this is going to sell out. So he's not committing to anything because he's trying to see how it's going to do. So you really didn't know if it would take days. I was kind of thinking that, it, that we, we would kind of see where it was on Sunday. I, it was, I was blown away at how fast that one went. And what that, told, what that told me is, is like, even if I don't know – I've got to give notice, and so I, I feel like on the the um, the because we sold the Raz after that, and we kind of from that lesson, I said, all right, let's at least let's announce it, and I feel like we did, and I think I set the time, and uh, and then we were, and it did go quickly, but you know, I it's it's one of those things where if you have something like that, you set a limit, um, then it doesn't sell out. There's you know, it's just, it's, it is probably no perfect way to do it. I mean, do I want to have maximum satisfaction? Yes, absolutely. At the same time, you know, it's, everything is not necessarily always going to be perfect. So I'm happy to hear if you, if you've got specific feedback on that, um, tag me in, in chat and kind of tell me what your thoughts are. I don't take that stuff as FUD for what it's worth. That That's, that's just constructive feedback. So like, feel free to tell me and, as long as you're polite to me, I'm going to be polite to you. And I, I and I don't. Sometimes I don't catch stuff unless I'm tagged. Um, so, yeah, I guess is there like a prevailing sentiment of what the community would have preferred it to be? Is it just to be limited? Is that what people? Is that kind of the prevailing view, or like what's what would people want? Well, first of all, is that even within BPX, I think we all tend to go into circles, and so you hear from the same people. But I did hear from a number of people that the I'd say the one consensus that folks that there were a number of issues people said and and what was driving it most of what was driving it is the folks didn't get it so yeah. then they were going to focus on one issue that they could express their frustration and I'd say the one probably the most legitimate in my estimation but everybody's opinion is legitimate so that's not a great way of putting it but folks did suggest that maybe limit it one per wallet and it's really hard is like you know i for for folks who don't know i came in i came in and i think 
November 20, 2021. And that's when Hawkwind, he had been telling me about you when you first started, but it actually took me a couple months to get here. And I remember early on the Michael Jordan slabs, like that was one of the first things I did. And I had been, you know, involved in the Web3 space, but I loved the credit card. I loved how easy your website was um, in, in terms of doing that. And I remember that's the one where you asked people not to buy more than a hundred, I think $500 worth. And you said, it's just an honor system. And you want to know what really hooked me on your, your ecosystem, Jeff, is that after you guys looked at the numbers, only one person broke the honor system. And you said, I think they made a mistake. I don't think that was on in, that was intentional. So what's interesting is when folks say, Hey, maybe, each maybe folks can't buy more than one box of the shatter pack you know for like say the first 30 minutes and then it's open to buy as many as you want i think folks are saying one per wallet with the jeff french hey honor system folks because obviously right we can all create other wallets we can do that funny business so right. just if if you said something like that but if anyone's in the audience and george zane's here so i'm gonna let him add on to this but I know a number of you I see in the audience had shared some frustration. Jorzane, am I remembering some of it correctly? Yeah, I think some of what you just said was me. Because, um, <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, um, I, I don't feel like there was a lot of advance notice on the shatter packs being available. Um, and and then I think that was well, compounded. While Jorzane's getting on, I'll just jump in, Jeff. Um, just from my perspective, I was, I think, 37th or 36th person to buy a mega case and uh you know there were there were obviously the shadow packs were gone by then because it wasn't a correlation of one per one and that's just a it's a minor thing and i'll be honest with you at the time a little bit in the kind of sentiment of oh my god you know one person got eight nobody got one but but it goes back to the you know the people that do buy eight case eight mega cases help support the system so you also have to take a more holistic view on it rather than just an individual view so at the time it was a little off-putting but now in retrospect um you know i i think that maybe that's something you need to think about in the future speaking on just a smaller fish type person of maybe limiting it to one but then part of me says the larger purchasers are what make the system go smoothly, so they should be rewarded. So I don't think there's any right answer on it. I think it's more or less uh, what you need to do to make the company successful. Yeah, I think why, I mean, just in a general, as a general rule, I think, especially on something like that, wider distribution is probably, it just it is just probably better. Um, anytime we do something for the first time, it's like, I'll, I'll just tell you this, like there's sometimes where we do things and, you know, it's, it's sometimes things aren't obvious until you see them. And um, just something as simple as the, that Bantam thing selling out as quick as it did. And something as, something as simple as this, like you come in, you, we got a million moving parts. You try to set something that you think is good. We really do try to, we do try to make sure that anything we bring to you all that is message to you, we, we try very hard to fight ambiguity We've tried to learn from how we say things and when we leave questions, like we, we, I always hate when we say something and it just, and we haven't articulated it clearly and we see the questions is that that's a failure on us. And, you know, it's, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, is that I'm definitely 
I hear what you're saying, and I and I think it probably in hindsight, it would have probably been better if I would have said one per person for some period of time. Um, yeah, you're you're probably right. So I, I would say that that's something that we can we can look to look to improve for, for next time to try to try to get wider distribution for something like that that everybody wants to have a piece of and participate in, and we can we can try to do better there for sure. And Jeff, I speak. I know I speak for twenty forty eight, which is a big chunk of people, and myself. And you know, we we always joke. You may hear you may have heard this, but we always say, "And Jeff, we trust," right? Because that's the one thing that's kept me endeared to this community. I think I, I could speak for a lot of people in this community that you adapt so well that, like, when something like that happens, you you hear everybody, you adjust, and you fix it, and then it gets better. Because you know, in the in, in the beginning, it was a little rough there if you were back in the early days but as long as you kept the faith you always made it right and that i think goes a long way with the community and and just wanted to give you kudos on that and so you know you, you heard everybody you'll fix it it'll be right and we and jeff we trust yeah i really i really appreciate that and it, and it is it's we're, we're gonna make mistakes and then and what i try very hard not to do is make the same mistake twice that's that's the thing that I really try to be fanatical with the team. I'm like, look, you're gonna make, you're all gonna make mistakes, and when you do, we'll we'll work to fix those mistakes. But let's not make the same mistakes twice. That's something that we really try to fight for. So, um, so we'll definitely try to. Um, well, and 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 Jeff Jorzanez, I don't want to stay on the issue too long, but um, real biz, I think you might not have heard Jorzane, um, but he was coming through. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go back to you in a second, Jorzane. But I also, I mean, I, I certainly can't tell you your business, Jeff, but I wouldn't classify it as a mistake. I think, again, is that people are frustrated because they love the product you put out and they weren't able to get it. And it's not necessarily a mistake. You can, t just like you're doing different iterations of RAS, the auction, you can do a different iteration of that to see what the outcome is. But I, I think Real Biz brings up good points is that I cringe when folks sometimes get a little mob rulish against the whales is that I know, you know, we were talking about the liquidity in the large RAS tokens. Well, I'm not, I'm not spending, you know, $2,000 to buy a gold RAS token in the final rounds as I know who is, it's going to be the whales. And I'm grateful that they're in this ecosystem because they provide the liquidity so that I can have my fun in here. So, but there's always a balancing act, right? Which is if, if I don't have opportunity or I get shut out of things like shatter packs, then I will see a tiered system and I will say, well, it's the, the, the riches are for the rich and I can't access that. So it is a, it is a balance. And again, if I actually had clicked on the second approval of MetaMask, I, I wouldn't have missed it. Um, Jorzane, is that I, I think you had a couple more points to, to bring up about that. And again, I, I don't want to hammer on this too much. I just know folks previously wanted this brought up and I just wanted to air it now so we can put it to bed and not have to bring it up again. Yeah, just, just to put a bow on it, I think, um, Jeff, the, the issue that I had and that the sentiment I heard in Discord was just, it was a communication issue. Um, this was announced before the point system had come out and been distributed. There was confusion, not to rehash that, but just on, you know, the white shatters versus the blacks. I think that was just, um, it, it's, it's a, you're a victim of your own success here to a certain degree. There's just so much that's coming out. There's so much you guys are trying to do. That's part of the attractiveness of the, the whole project. Um, and it, I think it was just the, the timing of that and the communication of it. We saw, I think, four or five people that got 
um, I don't know, 15 of the 30. I forget what the number is, but it was a small group of people that got it. If you didn't buy in the first 30 seconds, you didn't have a chance. So it, it's totally uh, FOMO on my part, but but I, I appreciate the opportunity to share that with you. You know, it's, it's, it's totally fair. Like I, I want people to have, I want more people to have access to the, the cool stuff, right? I, it's, it's like, and it was, um, and then just to hit on the thing, I, I tried to cover it in Discord that one night, but the the point stuff, we I found a fatal flaw in my math. And, that, and just so you know, there's some things where it's like, you know, the team does a lot of stuff. And then there's other things that are like, they're they're me. The point system is me. If the point system is screwed up, if there's a critical mistake in it, if everything doesn't balance, um, I want that on my shoulders. And so th- that point system was one that I had worked on extensively, was ready to roll it out, and then kind of went through and gave it like a final check. And I just found where I had just totally, uh, totally missed a major assumption on something. And I'm so thankful I didn't push that out because there's no way I could have let it stand. I would have had to walk it back, and that would have been bad. Because now everybody's thinking they got X amount of points on something, and it would have specifically, I didn't, I didn't do the de-weighting properly because I didn't factor in um, the total number of drops. I looked at it in isolation for basically where we were going to be at that time, and then when I went and factored everything out for the whole year, the numbers were just completely screwed up. And I was like, "Oh man!" So I had to take it back to the drawing board, and that's what. And I didn't. So at that point, my choice was either press forward and start getting your getting your your getting the IMs out to you, get the RAS clock moving, or or basically short circuit everything until I could finish it. And so I chose to keep going. And then I had that one misspeak in a, you know, I was trying to kind of give you some directional guidance on the value of where the shatters kind of fit in. And I, I, I literally think it's because I put the word OG black and I, instead of just saying a black and I, I think I made people think the old ratio and I, you know, it was just, it was just a, a literally like one word and a typo, um, not a typo. I, I typed what I meant to say. I just, I didn't say it right. And I think that that really caused that whole freaking thing. So that one was a hundred percent on me. There was like the, from making the mistake on and having to delay the getting the points out to the, the announcement that, that caused the confusion. I mean, just a hundred percent on me. And um, yeah, I'll try to learn from that mistake and make sure that when I refer to things, just really read them for that extra dose of clarity. If it's something new that you guys aren't familiar with yet. I, I love listening to you, Frenchie, in real time evolve at midnight Eastern time here in Twitter spaces is that I'm only teasing, which is it's I appreciate the fact that you actually listen to the community. And um, I mean, it's crazy that you've been going for three hours and you're just taking every bit. So we're going to wrap it up here in a second. I'm going to go to BP Fergus um, post that he asked me to ask you about. And then I'm going to go to final words and uh, from everybody on stage. And while we're doing that, we're going to, I won't get into this right now, but it's that BPX has been very generous to partner with Radish for in a promotional partnership. So we're going to be able to give some stuff away. And we're going to start tonight while Jeff's here. So that way I can thank him in person. Thank you, Jeff, for making this possible. And everybody who came up on stage today is I'm going to spin a wheel and I'm going to do it over in the Radish Discord, which is everybody there can see it. And just just so everybody knows, because sometimes there's talk about it. Everybody is welcome at Radish. We don't pump it. We don't recruit for it. it. If anybody finds their way there, they can. There's nothing special we do. We just take a no FOMO approach to Web3. But anyway, that's that's where we'll spin a wheel. 
And so I'm going to go to Jersey first right after this BP Fergu question. So, Jeff, he said, could you please ask if there's going to be a more aggressive push to utilize the BlockPack site as the go-to marketplace for buying, selling BP access, assets, or will buying, trading, selling on OpenSea be the way forward for visibility purposes? I know recent trade interfaces such as Bantams has been rolled out, but it isn't being used much right now. And also updates around having an interface where people can trade assets to each other in a more secure manner, taking the trust element out of it. Uh, yeah, so I, this one, I I kind of hit on this the other day. The plan is, is that starting with HTH, we want to make it where everything you can, that, that's what the whole genesis around not having to pull your color pops out if you don't want to. You have to pick your poison. Do you want to be in your wallet self-custody using OpenSea or do you want to be have your asset in the the, the BPX uh, marketplace and be able to then tr tr transact exclusively for BPX or use a credit card in lieu of the BPX and will facilitate the BPX for you. But that is 100% coming and it's going to be critical to our onboarding of new people. We can't we can't have these new people come in and tell them that they can participate with an email and password. And then when they want to sell or buy a hero to fill out their set or, or whatever, get rid of a duplicate, whatever they're looking to do and tell them, okay, now you have to swim through the glass and go over here and get a crypto wallet. We'll lose them. We'll, we'll, we'll lose eight out of eight out of 10, at least if not nine out of 10. Um, the retention rates there, we've seen them. We've seen those retention rates and they're, they're low. And um, so so yes, we, we have to we, we we have to be much more aggressive in fleshing out our own um, marketplace that revolves around the BPX token. Allow you all to list your stuff and sell it. It's going to start with a focus on HTH, but the goal is in very once the technology is there, then turning on other collections and that sort of thing will go quickly. The tool that I tried to push out with the Bantams, I was I really wanted you to be able to to try it because right after we did that rip, I wanted to let people be able to list and trade some Bantams with BPX. So I had Alex go back and kind of repurpose his trade tool. He's not a front end guy, and I didn't have any front end guy to work on it. And it it really just was kind of no knock to Alex. Alex is really smart and developer, but he's more back end solidity guy and. It just it just wasn't a great product, and when it just did that just wasn't right. I probably should have just never even tried to be honest. But um, but we're gonna but but yes, we're gonna have our own ecosystem. We're gonna have our own ecosystem marketplace, and it's gonna be sooner rather than later. That's a that's a key element for all these new people. We're gonna spend a lot of money trying to bring in this wave of of new people. Um, in our investment in National, which is kind of the real kickoff for our normie marketing, it's big. We're spending a lot of freaking money on it. So I hope if you're, I, I'd love to have as many of you can come, come. It's going to be fun. Um, you'll be able to be proud of the presence that HTH is going to have there and say that and, and tell people the story of how you were there first and and how you helped bring that product to make it make it a reality. It's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be a significant presence there. We're going to have some fun. That's awesome. Um, Jersey, let's go to you first. Is that uh, final thoughts? And if you want to get in two more questions for, for Frenchie, that won't be a 30 minute answer. <laughs> yeah, no, like, and, and the first thing I have to say is honestly, this past year, um, at national was amazing. You know, I, 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 unfortunately, you know, I had some things come up. I couldn't make it to the, uh, the dinner for the the geeks but 
the the booth at National was amazing. So expecting that to grow even more at this year's National in Chicago is uh, like that uh, again. And I just I, I can just see the HTH art. Like I I can see it. Like I I. I see the vision. So, um, so that's my first thing, but I guess what I wanted to, to some of the questions that I had was just some of the things that have kind of been, I don't know, quote unquote left in the dust. Um, you know, the original, um, survey that you sent out for who was buying boxes, for example, out of the geeks, they were supposed to get um, some sort of crowd crowd slabs. That hasn't happened. Where is that? Um, and then just you know um, the I, and I know I go back to it. The collision art um, fire holders. There was supposed to be a a, a full. Um, Pokemon Raz that was only available to the fire holders that was going to happen. So, how have those plans changed? Yeah, I, I saw your I saw your tweet. I replied to it, and um, the, the the both those things are they're open items that are on lists, and you know, it, sometimes it takes us. We get we have to prioritize and we push things back. I mean, it's, I, I, we try to get things done eventually sometimes and the, but things do get prioritized and they get pushed down. And both those items were pushed down the, the reindeer game crowd slab. I asked Caroline where that was. Cause honestly, that was the one when you asked it, I didn't even know anything about it. It is, it's, it is in process. It's with Alex and dev. Um, and I'll look and see where that is. That one should not be a hard one to move up the list. Cause that, that rigging is all there. Um, we've had that Pokemon drop penciled in a few times and then we ended up changing it for various reasons. It is not something that we've forgotten. Um, I can't tell you it's going to happen tomorrow. I do. I wish it had already happened. Yes. Um, and, but it's, it's not something that we've forgotten and we'll, we, we will deliver on that. It's just, it's, it's still on the list. We'll, we'll, we'll get it done. Um, and I apologize that it's taken this long, um, but it's just it's just one of those things that just just kept getting, frankly, just deprioritized or moved or something else in its place. But we just I want to nail everything, man. I don't ever want to. I mean, I, I, I we have a list of stuff that I, t- I mean, I, the, the team understands and knows that if we say we're going to do something, I really want to make sure that we it may take us a while on something, but we always have to try to come through and make it happen. Um, well, and. I, I, and- and I Jeff, think it's something like the the poet from the Dallas uh, card show. We finally got it done. It took us a <laughs> it took us two years, mm-hmm. but we got that one done. Sometimes it sometimes things just get deprioritized because it's 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 like <clears throat> sending a crowd slab seems like it's super simple, but there's there is a fair bit that goes into it. But that's no excuse. It's just you know again, um, it just uh, yeah, yeah no, it just I, hasn't just hadn't happened yet. Yeah, no, and 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 I fully trust. Uh, you know, uh, I am fully in the in Frenchie We Trust camp, obviously, but I am also going to be, as you know, um, you know, I'm a little guy. I'm going to be the voice of the little guy uh, as a member of the community. 
And for those things that have been out there for a while, I'm going to continue to at least put them on the radar. Um, yeah, that's totally fair. That's totally fair, Drew. I don't that's, think that, yeah. I, I don't think they're not going to happen because I, I trust you guys completely to make them happen. But I, I, I will definitely keep bringing them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I mean, accountability, we, we want to be accountable to you guys on everything that we say we're going to do. Um, and uh, I wish you never had to ever ask about anything. And uh, But, you know, it's um, sometimes things just, they get, deep, they get deprioritized. And that, that's what happened here. It's not that they've been taken off the list. They're just, they just keep getting pushed down the list. Nah, you have so many things that you're, you have so many irons in the fire and so many things that you're <laughs> bubbling up and making the ecosystem even better that these things obviously get bubbled down. So uh, obviously, you know, but, you know, I'm going to, like I said, I'm just, you know, those little, the little things that I will kind of keep on the back burner as you guys keep building the bigger things. So. Great. Well, Jersey, I really appreciate you being on stage tonight and asking some great questions, Jersey. And all right, I'm going to go to and before I go to real biz, I just want to say one thing, Jeff, when it comes to the time and just offer one perspective is that I have I I'm probably more involved in other Web3 projects than Jams. I think this is all he does. I'm still involved in a few other projects. This by far is my biggest project. And I do look I try to look critically at each project. And the only thing I would say in terms of when people sometimes get frustrated that things don't happen soon enough is that the degen in all of us, we of course we want it to happen right away. But I look at it from a 10,000 foot level. And so I look at it like, could you have done that Dallas POAP and that POAP in, in quicker time? Yes. Would it have had the quality? No. I think the when you talk about the rum and the different things is that you're, I remember you did a spaces where you said, could I, could I get some crap like pumped out right away? Yeah. It just, it wouldn't have the quality standards that I expect. And whether you're talking about rum or whether you're talking about artwork, um, especially something like the wonders of the first is that if I was thinking about wonders of the first for the, for the next month and what can I flip it for, then yes, get it out as fast as you can. But if I'm looking at wonders of the first is where is it going to be in three years and five years? If it does not launch successfully, it will never have the chance. Like especially in the Web3 space, when you launch something, if you do not do it right, it will absolutely implode and it will never reach the heights it was ever meant to be. So I and I also understand that Blockpacks has a it's a smaller team. And where the negative is, you don't have unlimited resources to throw at a project and and have six silos going up at the same time. The positive side, as somebody who used to work for corporate America, where you had so many layers of management that nothing ever could get done. I I don't like the fact that everything can't get done at once, but I also appreciate the fact that when you touch Infinite or you touch James or Caroline is that you're one step away from talking to Jeff and that feedback gets to you immediately. And for anyone who's worked in corporate America is that ability for your organization to change, react, and to acknowledge is is what makes BPX 
uh, special. It, well, one of the reasons it makes it special. So I just wanted to put in those two words when we talk about delays. I feel the same frustration as everyone else. I would love everything to be here right now, but it's, you know, Christmas only comes on December 25th and we don't get mad at Santa because it only comes once a year. We're still grateful when that shows up for those who celebrate Christmas. But right. I would just say don't touch Carafine or Michael <laughs> or I will hit you. I will knock you out. <laughs> uh, I, I Electronically touching Jersey. Let's say that. All right. Um, real biz is that um, I appreciate you coming on tonight. Sorry that we kept you waiting so long. We're definitely going to have you back again. It was great to finally hear your voice. And uh, just final thoughts from you about BPX in general. Oh, I'll keep it short because, Jeff, you've been a trooper. Three hours is amazing. Um, thank you for all you do and the team does. I think BPX has got a bright future. Anything I can do to assist I'll be there. Uh, Slappy, thank you for having me on and uh, uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, big, big supporter. And uh, let's go get them. All right. Well, I appreciate that. And now I'm actually going to go ahead and for anybody who's in the Radish Discord, you can head over to the Radish Radish Digital BPX Spin the Wheel. And I'm going to, what I've done is I've put the people who are speaking tonight. I think I covered everyone. Jersey, Matt, Geo, Ghetto, get it. I can never say his name right. Matt, Alpha, Joshua. And I'm throwing Joshua in because he was on stage, he was waiting, and then he phone, his phone died. So I'm going to say he's in. Jorzane, Real Biz, and, and Al, i.e. Zarek. They're the ones who are going to compete. And what they're competing for is it's actually going to be a spot in a home team hero break. So this is what they're looking to do. And so I'm spinning the wheel right now, and the winner is going to be... It's spinning. It's thinking. Oh yeah. While we're waiting, I just wanted to point out how you asked, like, what you know, what we, what were some of the things I, I was going to bring up, you know, before. And one of the things was like, oh, you know, we haven't heard like anything from Frenchie in a while. You know, we're we're not getting enough communication. And uh, now here we go. You got three hours of stuff. <laughs> what, what did, did you want for, Zarek? I, I can listen to Frenchie all day. <laughs> Frenchie, it's, you really could. One of these days, I know Jams will do it if his kids are away, and so he's not going to get kid duty, but he'll definitely stay on all night if you're willing to. But anyway, I, I just want to point out that the uh, spin wheel went. Thank you, Zarek, for taking up that dead air right here at 12.13 Eastern time. And it's actually uh, the winner was Matt. So, um, Jersey, you can tell me. How do you say his name again? Get it? Geodicity? How do you say his name? Ghetto Icy. Ghetto Icy, yes. Ghetto Icy is the one who won the spot and the break. So, all right. Well, and Jeff, I'm going to turn obviously to you for final word uh, before we sign off. Anything you want to add? Nope. I mean, I think that's um, <laughs> hopefully been a, hopefully been a productive night as far as just getting out a bunch of the information that I wanted to get out. I felt it was just I just didn't I I I want you all to feel like you. I don't. I don't want you to have to sit around and speculate about a whole lot of things. I mean, the the wonders of the first were leave. Like, I want to do. I want us to do the storytelling. I want to let Chris do his job, and really do something cool there. So we are being, um, you know, we're not we're not we're not pulling all the canvas up on that one. But the other the, the other stuff that we do, we generally I, I don't like a lot of speculation, and then, um. And I wanted to just make sure we had as much out as we could. And I feel like we accomplished that tonight. And I know a lot of it won't, everyone won't know everything that was said tonight. So we'll need to keep 
pushing some of these things and try to encourage people to listen to that first hour of the recording. And then, um, but yeah, just wanted to make sure we got as much out as we could. And I appreciate those that stuck in. And I'll point out for everybody that keeps saying that I've been here for three hours. Uh, Slappy's been here for three hours too. So is so have the 50 people in this room. So um, we've all been here and we're all, we're all in this together. And that's what gets me up. It makes me want to push for you guys every single day and, and try to win for you. And like I said earlier, I mean, I do want, I want your collector thesis on everything you've touched in this ecosystem to come true. And I do believe that growth is a big piece of that. I do believe that these new products that can achieve that growth can then accrete the demand back to other key products in the ecosystem. I've said it before, people come in, they get home team heroes. We get them hooked on that mechanic. They start collecting. There's no, the mark, the, the fit is there. I've seen you all do it with IMs. This product is, I think, an order of magnitude better than IMs from that standpoint, from the base set. The color pops is a whole new angle, you, but you don't have to set teams. You just put your wallet and watch the games and enjoy it and get that extra little feel when your color pop guy does something cool. You get the player you really want to follow and pull for. I, I feel really good about the market fit there. There's no surprise. I mean, you, you've seen the art. The art has been overwhelmingly popular. I actually saw my first complaint on the art um, that somebody said they didn't care for it. That's fair. Art's subjective. Um, but overwhelmingly everyone has loved it. I love it. And, and I think others will too. And when those people get in and we are able to then engage them, I have no doubt in my mind that once scale comes and those people understand, wait a second, I can juice my ColourPop 25% if I own one of those geeks. Is that going to increase demand for geeks? I believe it 100% will. And then once they're in and they see wait a minute, why, is, why do all these people have this pixelated minor thing? What is this? And then they, they, they're, these people are just like you and me. And once they read that story and they see that social signaling and they see the belief system that we've all built around that, why on earth, what, it would almost be insanity to think that the outcome will be different than it is for us. They're going to want it just like we do. So, that, that's what I keep saying that lots of what I say, we, we have market fit. We see it. We just need scale. And, and that's what's been the focus of trying to make sure that we have these products well aligned to deliver that scale. And we don't need every one of those people to want to buy a geek for it to have a material impact on geeks or want to buy a pirate or a parrot for the benefits that it'll get them on the Bantams or, or, or again, social signal with us and get a minor and they don't have to worry about what is that thing going to do? It doesn't do anything. It's collectible. And you, if you hex it, you can get some BPX. But other than that, here's the story and here's why you should want it. It's, we, we, it's going to work, guys. It's, 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 it's going to work. The funny thing is, is that right now the NFT ecosystem is so – is in – it, it is the biggest bear market that I've experienced. Nobody wants to touch NFTs, but we, and I say we as the, the entire Black Packs community, what is being offered here and the things that are being 
um, intertwined and the, the various different communities, um, whether it be, you know, the last block on the chain, uh, or the last miners on the, uh, you know, on the chain, the first, uh, on the, the chain, there's so many things that are going on right now that are being under viewed and undervalued because everybody right now is just dismissing nfts in general so right now in my opinion everything is underpriced um and in our ecosystem we get extra rewards just for holding those things and and for using those things so it, it just adds to it all okay thanks jersey uh frenchy did you did you want to say any final words nope. on top of that okay nope. i think all good okay well i really appreciate that and that's it for BPX After Dark. I want to thank everyone who came on stage today and shared their thoughts with the community, came up and asked questions of Jeff and everybody else. I also want to thank Kisher especially for coming up and answer some, answering some questions, giving us some really great information about Wonders of the First, Bantams. I want to thank um, BPX for partnering with Radish Digital so that we're able to offer promotional items for giveaways. And finally, most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener, for always tuning in. We see you in the audience. We appreciate you more than you can know. And we'll see you Sunday on BPX After Dark, Auction Edition, which we're almost there, right? Which begins at 845 Eastern, and it's on every Sunday at 845 Eastern. Thank you, everyone. And on behalf of BPX After Dark host B-Jamps, have a great morning, everyone. You've been listening to BPX After Dark, which is broadcast live each Thursday night at 9 p.m. in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. Hosted by BJAMS, we want to thank you, the listener. A special thanks to those in the audience who raised their hand, came on stage, helping to make BPX the best community. BPX is a community built by collectors for collectors. That's it for this show. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.